the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness Greetings from Zion. You're listening to a message by Pastor Ita of God's Lighthouse. As you listen, we pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org. It seems to us that this season is a season of thanksgiving, you know, praise and what have you. So just have it in mind or think of how much God has now to you first, then we thank God for the country and so many other things. Just think of how much the Lord has been good to you and then bless Him for that. So let's pray in the spirit. Let's bless him. Scripture says, For we do not know how to pray, the spirit intercedes for us. Oh Lord, we give you praise. Lord, you have been good to us. You have been kind to us. You have been merciful to us. Oh Lord, we thank you. Zeli bariata handri oskoberete belete poshata la barakata bebelege de bosh. Ibrahatia sobrenino kobrenina sabarate boshele bereke sobrehene makapariata hash. For what is man that you're mindful of him, not the son of man that you have visited him? Lord, we thank you. Zabra de koto broneli marakate beske belegede. We thank you for revelations you have given to us so far. For these things you have not given to high men, those in high authority, but you have given to babes. Thank you, Lord, for empowering us with truth. Oh, we thank you for seeing eyes. We thank you for hearing ears. Shalada babarakate brenino nos kebretias. Embroto shale boroko brenino sabadi kapariatash. Oh, we are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. Zala barata kabarato shubredia has kabata. For understanding hearts and speaking lips, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. So brenino so brenino. Despite our weakness, Lord. Show yourself. Thank you. Bradeko borono shobrani nambaharata basha bradeke peketes elito sabrani renina kaparato sobrediash. Father, we give you praise and we give. Oh, celebrate your benes. In the name of Jesus. What about Nigeria? It's worth giving thanks for a lot of things. It cannot be overemphasized the things that are happening in the country every day, one thing after the other. So let's just thank God for Nigeria once again. Let's thank God for it. Let's thank God for it. For those who are in authority, for those who are doing these things, for those who are making these things work, the administrators, let's thank God for them. Let's thank God for the nation. Because it's the nation that has been spoken about. It's the nation that will be kept together. Oh, Father, we give you praise and we give you thanks. For the press, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. 
Father, we give you praise and we give you thanks, Lord. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Father. For no one can do these things except God be with them. Zate coperete lebere cobrenino sabalabaradabas, ende lebrenino coroche belebere catebre de lebede bedebedes, radaba de bono sobredi cabaradabalias, ambroto celebere cobrenino scobelebede, elino sora cataratabas, emni labarat helias. Father, thank you, thank, thank you. Oh, for the administrators, for the military, for the sector. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that things are working. We thank you, Jesus, that the ministries different ministries are working the ministers and the commissioners lord we thank you because you deserve the glory and the honor, so we lift our hands to worship. Bless your holy name. You deserve the glory. You deserve the glory. say thank you for our nation we have come to bless your name because you have been with us so far so good we have prepared a table for nigeria in the land For strength for the president. Thank you for strength and advice that has come to him. Lord, bless your name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
precious Father. There is no that although things are working yet some other things are not working as they should so let's pray and speak life into those places that seem dead even scripture says that those who sat in darkness have seen a great light those who sat in the shadow of death great light has done let's pray that light will go into those places life will go into those places and they shall become working once again Come on, let's speak life into those ministries. Those places that are not working. Those things that are not working in the country. Those places that it has been said that can anything good come out of this place? Just as it was spoken of Jesus. Oh, let light flow in like a mighty rushing wind. Flowing to those places, Allah Namarato Sopranino Sotene Mekatan, Elebranico Sopranina Salabarati Opraninos, Zelico Barata Shabanes. Lord, we want more, we want more, we want more, we want more. Zeberenica Rata Basha Opranino, Lima Rosica Paranamo Sopranino Sopranino. Lord, we want more, we want more. More of you in those offices, more of you in those ministries, more of you in those places, Lord. In those states, more of you, more of those states, Jesus. Jerusalem is blessed. Nigeria, Jerusalem is blessed. Nights, 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 nights. Times of night shall not be known anymore, but light has dawned on her. Come on, in the same way, pray for this meeting. That the presence of the Lord will come more, more, more in this meeting. That He will answer questions. He will touch souls wherever they are. He will meet needs there. Scripture tells us that the cloud was so much in the temple that even the priest could no longer perform the fast. Glory was so much, glory was there. Shut 
wants to see you like a mighty rushing wind. We want to dwell under the shadows of your wings. Spirit, blow, blow, blow like a mighty wind. Spirit of victory, carry us with your wings. Spirit, blow, blow, blow like a mighty wind. Spirit of victory, spirit of victory. Spirit of life, 
Spirit of power, Spirit of honor, Spirit of direction, praise, help, guide the direction of praise. Spirit of love, Spirit of hope, Spirit of knowledge, wisdom, the fear of God, Lord, we pray. Spirit of counsel, Spirit of might, Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of a God, lift us up, O God. Lift us up, O Lord, from where we are, where we've been. Lift us up to where you are. Long, much farther than wherever we've been before bring us to your level over by your hand raise our knowledge and consciousness teach us oh god our hands to one our fingers to fight this night give grace give grace give grace give grace lord we pray give grace give grace give grace we pray open all eyes to see and ears to hear Give us hearts that understand and a mouth to speak plainly. Till the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. So you are God. Thank you. God, now we come to seek your face. Show us your ways. For you are our God. Thank you for grace. Amen. Praise God. May I have your seats. Welcome to this Bible study. You're welcome, my brother. Pastor Torty <laughs> from all, all the way from Calabar. You're welcome. We let's quickly take a flying leap from the 47th Psalm. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. He has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid 
the sounding of trumpets. Please, give me the name, I can't stand up there. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing to Him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on His holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. I want to read it in our translation. There, yeah, making standard. Thank you. My child has chosen to backslide once. I'd like to read other translations. NIV. You know, well, let me see. NSB should say too. O clap your hands, all people, shout to God with a voice of joy, for the Lord Most High is to be feared. A great king over all the earth, he subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the glory of Jacob, whom he loves. God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a skillful psalm. King James says, sing to the Lord with understanding. The skillful psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on His holy throne. The princes of the people have assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. It says the shields of the earth belong to God. The shields of the earth. Start by saying, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of joy. When we are excited, we can clap. We are allowed to. For the Lord Most High is to be feared. How does that even go together? Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord with joy. And then it says he's to be feared. Okay? Which is fine and good. You know that phrase? For God is terrible. I think that's how King James says it. It's terrible. You have a King James? Nobody. So, someone asked me once, why did he sing, You are terrible. So, tell him Psalm 47. That, that's it. You can't ask, right? Something like that. He's to be feared. Some translations say he's awesome. He's awesome. His deeds. It's awesome. I put it. Chase is to be feared. Actually, he's to be feared. 
you know, again, in a generation that has not overemphasized grace, has misunderstood grace. It's important to remind them that God is to be feared. He is meant to be feared. You can't say, uh, you know, oh, God loves me so much, everything is fine. <laughs> Whatever is fine with you, fear him. It's a very clear balance that you're supposed to pursue with God. Be joyful when he fights for you. It only makes sense. You know, it says, clap your hands, all people, shout to God with the voice of joy. Why? For the Lord most high is to be feared, the great king over all the earth. You're rejoicing that he is in charge of the earth. I want you to know the things I'm going to say before we leave here. This is a springboard. He's to be feared. He's to be regarded. He's to be esteemed highly. A great king over all the earth. He subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. This is why. So the people that are conquerors or more than conquerors are the ones that are clapping with joy. Why? Because God is to be feared. He has put under those who oppose him, those who are his enemies. He has conquered them. So he will be dreadful and fearful to the ones who have not had a regard for him. To the ones that have enjoyed his intervention and his support. They are rejoicing with joy to the ones who did not fear him when they should have. Because look at the people of Israel, a very obvious example. Throughout the scriptures, the children of Israel had God's clear support. I'm going to show you. When we leave here, we're going to the book of Judges. They clearly had God's support. He was on their side. Then they started misbehaving. Whenever they misbehave, God would do this thing here that they are rejoicing. He said, he said, he subdues peoples under us. God would subdue them under peoples when they misbehave. Throughout the scriptures, the principle is unbreakable. When the scriptures say that God is not partial, it really means it. It's very easy to see what he means. Okay, again, most Christians today believe God is absolutely partial. That they can do what they like and nothing will happen. It's not true. God is not partial. God is not partial at all. I'm going to ask for... I don't know. Our screens are not up. I wonder why. It will help me. Then I asked someone to hold the mic so you help me read some of these passages. I'd like someone to help me. You're going to do a quick read. It's almost an assignment now, okay? I'd like you to go to the book of Judges. Read from chapter 1. Judges chapter 1. 
You're going to read, take note of this. Jot, who is with me? Judges chapter 1. We read from verse 1 to 10. Okay? Uh, okay, I'll say till 13. Just to show you two examples. And then... It's a long read. I'm trying to avoid reading everything. 1 to 13. Uh, have, do you have that down? 1 to 13. 17. To. 20. 22. If you're, if you're right, I think you just write the whole chapter. This is for me to say. See, 22 to 25. You hear that? Yeah. All right. Those portions, I want you to note that. When we finish that, we are going to come and read chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Go ahead. Now it came about after the death of Joshua that the sons of Israel inquired of the Lord, saying, Who shall go up first for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? The Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Behold, I have given them I have given the land into his hand. Then Judah said to Simeon his brother, Come up with me into the territory allocated me that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I, in turn, will go with you into the territory allotted you. So Simeon went with him. Judah went up, and the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands, and they defeated 10,000 men at Bezek. They found Adoni Bezek in Bezek and fought against him, and they defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. But Adoni Bezek fled, and they pursued him, and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Adoni Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and their big toes cut off used to gather up scraps under my table. So I have as I have done, so God has repaid me. So they brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Then the sons of Judah fought against Jerusalem and captured it and struck it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. Afterward, the son of Judah went the sons of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites, living in the hill country and in the Negev and in the lowlands. So Judah went against the Canaanites who lived in Hebron. Now now the name of Hebron formerly was Kiriath Abba, and the struck Seshai and Ahiman and Talmai. Then from there he went against the inhabitants of Deber. Now the name of Deber formerly was Kiriat Sephar. And Caleb said, The one who attacks Kiriat Sephar and captures it, I will even give him my daughter, Asha, for a wife. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, captured it. So he gave him his daughter, Asha, for a wife. Verse 17. Then Judah went with Simeon his brother, and they struck the Canaanites living in 
Zephath and utterly destroyed it. So the name of the city was called Homer. And Judah took Gaza with its territory, and Ashkelon with its territory, and Ekron with its territory. Now the Lord was with Judah, and they took possession of the hill country. But they could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had iron chariots. Then they gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had promised, and he drove out from there the threes of Anak. Verse 22 Likewise, the house of Joseph went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with them. The house of Joseph spied out Bethel. Now the name of the city was formerly Loz. The spies saw a man coming out of the city, and they said to him, Please show, please show us the entrance to the city, and we will treat you kindly. So he showed them the entrance to the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword, but they let the man and all his family go free. Chapter 2 now the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim, and he said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land which I have sworn to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And as for you, you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed me. What is this you have done? Therefore I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they will become as thorns in your sight, and their gods will be as near to you. When the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the sons of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. Okay. You see where God threatened That the same people they were once defeating will become tongues in their sight. And their gods will be a snare to them. What a snare, a trap. Something that ensnares you, holds you down, limits you. That's what a snare is. They lifted up their voices and wept. I wish they didn't weep so much. I wish they repented. They focused on repenting and doing the right thing. It's an amazing and astonishing thing. When people... pretend to repent sometimes and i'm not saying that they might not feel sorry in their hearts but if only they would add action to the weeping they would add action 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 to the crime action you know what the rest of the book of judges is about the angel came first and told them what would happen. A thorn in their sight. Can you picture yourself going on in life and then there's thorns by your side? And you're constantly going, ow, ow, ow. That's what happened to them because of they are not doing fully. She skipped it. I asked you to skip that part. But if we had gone on to read, go read the whole chapter. It tells you, that the inhabitants of different parts did not drive out the enemies completely. Let me show you a little. Verse 27. Immediately after talking about the man, 
that helped them take the city called Luz. Remember? Verse 27. But Manasseh did not take possession of Bethian and its villages. So the, I'm skipping. Just permit me, I'm skipping. So the Canaanites persisted in living in that land. What had God told them to do? Drive them out completely. Verse 29. Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who were living in Gaza. So the Canaanites live in Gaza among them. You watching? 30. Zebulon did not drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahalol. So the Canaanites live among them and became subject to forced labor. They were in charge over these Canaanites. But the Canaanites kept living. They were supposed to eradicate them. There were two approaches to the wars of Israel. All those that occupied the space they were to occupy, they were to wipe them out completely, save nothing. Everything was to go. But all those that occupied faraway lands, other territories, that they would go to fight and contend with and bring under subjection, they were to allow them to live if they agreed to the terms of peace. There are things that God does not demand you to eradicate completely from your life. There are things in the world that God does not say may not exist. Let me give you an example. Let us say this was a kingdom, not a democracy. Democracies are an invention of man that allows for human beings to decide who rules. Some have said it's the best form of government. Okay. I almost would agree, except that it can be very hampering. Um, places that could be much better are not because of democracies. Why? Because of the fear of giving one human being too much power. Because human beings tend to get corrupted by power. So, the truth is, I agree that people, you know, may not be so cool with power. But if you do find a good king, a monarchy would actually be an ideal form of government where you have someone with power whose heart is right. Actually, the better way to put it would be a theocracy. Now, there are many people that will hear me say things like this and think, I'm absolutely bonkers to even suggest such a thing. But scripturally, if democracies were the best, then God would have set up a democracy. He never did. He did represent, he did believe in representational government. But democracies are not the only form of representational government. Representative government has every tribe. You see it with Moses. God said, choose elders. They were elders from all the places. The 12 tribes had elders. They were the 72. So God always picked. You know, I think that's 4 times 12. He picks, he picks, he picks. And no, 3 times 12. So 3 from every tribe. And he 
had the 72. He always six six times twelve okay sorry so six from each tribe six <coughs> comprises 72. you see jesus come and repeat it israel was scattered but why did he not pick 10 apostles he picks 12. and then he picks what else He picks 12, then he picks 72. Most times you say 70. Most of your Bibles look at it. You see 70, you see, or 72. Okay? With the Jews, that's a fuzzy number. Almost everywhere it occurs. They say 70. Even what they call the Septuagint, you know, the 70. They often say 70 or 72. There's all this uncertainty. Doesn't matter when you hear 70, just think 72 or 70. It really doesn't matter that much. They almost use them synonymously. Alright, so it so this is speaking of representational government. Okay. Now what do we have here? What we have here, what you have here are people who represent their different tribes even when they send them out to go and search the land they sent out 12 one from each tribe so that they can serve as witnesses you come and represent your tribe you 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 every one of you then together make decisions arrive at something jesus comes he picks not people from everywhere but representational government are you understanding it's god's way it's so serious that later on when the heavenly Jerusalem descends. It has 12 foundations. Just to make sure everyone is represented. He puts 1, 2, 3, 4. Okay. But the difference between a theocracy and a democracy is. A theocracy is ruled by God. Theo is the word for God in the Greek. Theos. And it's a God rule. The rule of God. That God is ruling does not mean he doesn't want representation. He wants people that can go, yeah, go, you go tell your people. But the commands come from me. With a democracy, the rules come from you. Do you get? And then you compel whoever you've picked to be your core leader to go with what the majority have agreed. It's the rule of the majority. It's the government of the people. By. By the people. For. For the people. Wrong. All round. Uh-uh. It should be the government of God or whoever God picks by God for God. For he made all things and for his pleasure they are and were created. For his pleasure, not your pleasure. So it's a fallen condition. It's what mankind must manage. Many times I picture people in, in charge in any country. Sometimes the leaders need to do something. And you see the opposition they must face. What they must do to get it through the house. To get the support of everyone. And this leads them sometimes to be doing dishonest things. Telling lies. Bribing officials. Arm twisting. Building, blackmailing them. All sorts of things. 
countries all around the world. Because someone can tell it. The same way it's good for someone to be able to say, no, I don't agree. I will not support you in my goods. We will stop you. It's not good for my people. In the same way, that person can say, no, I won't do it if you don't give me a good cut or give me a contract. That I won't vote in your support. Even though the thing is right and the top leader wants to do it. It's, it cuts both ways. Do you understand? Democracy cuts both ways. If it's a good person at the top trying to do good things and they are, the representatives are bad, they can stop him from doing the good thing he would have done. Do you understand? If it's a bad person at the top and he wants to do bad things, if they are good representatives, they can stop him. It's a tough thing. So you are presuming that all those representatives are good. And many times they are not. Many times they are not good at all. I hope this is clear. This is how, this is why democracy is not the best way. But if you understand that God is good, and when God says, do this, it's good. Don't do that, it means it's bad. So it's still rooted in trust. And when God says do it, he's not saying vote about it. Vote what? I didn't ask you, I didn't call you here for a vote. I called you to inform you that in my majesty, I have decided. That's all. Bye-bye. Spread the news. So you see him doing that with the apostles. Go out into all the world. Tell them. He didn't say, all right, people, let's vote. No. Inform them. Make disciples of every nation. He gives a command. Occupy till I come. He gives a command. Is this cool? God is not partial. These people, when they would misbehave, God will go, ah, 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 ah. The rules are binding. I'm not partial. I don't care who you are. Now you are going to be under other nations. You were in charge a short moment. Now you're going to be under. The rules are, I'm God. I'm not biased. Ah, but we are your special people. So, the rules stand. Something many people don't know is that God is the God of all the nations. Many people think God is the God of the Christians. God is not the God of the Christians. He's the God of the whole earth. That's how he's introduced quite a number of times in scriptures. He points out, read to you how he said, all the earth is mine, but I've chosen you. So he makes that distinction. Even though everybody belongs to me, I'm making a distinction. And he gives, but why does he make distinction? The same reason why he picks leaders. Why can't everybody be a leader? Everybody cannot be a leader. How can everyone be a leader? You cannot all be leaders. There's something wrong with everyone being a leader. Who will obey? Who will go and buy water for the leaders gathered to drink? As long as mankind is selfish and carnal, they will need leadership. They can't all hear God and do what they need to do. So, you know, they must always be leaders. And God gives leaders, you know, like any other person in authority, a certain amount of his power, his authority. He takes part of that. That's why it seems sometimes as if it's men that are ruling. But that's just an appearance. Just an appearance. We've spoken about this when I've talked about how government works. Why you don't read the book of Daniel, chapter 4, 
and say, eh, how can you say the heavens rule? The heavens do rule. Scripture says so. How? Look at what all these presidents are doing and governors and all that. Doesn't mean the heavens don't rule. You know, people like talking about governmental leaders. They should talk about church leaders. I think sometimes they are the absolute worst. Many a government leader is in far better standing with God than church leaders all over the world. For certain. Absolutely, I'm sure. Why? Because God tells church leaders how they are to run government in their own sphere of authority. In their own sphere of authority. God tells church leaders, this is what you do. In civil government, he tells government leaders, this is what you do. The two arms of government on earth, one is spiritual, the other is civil. Many spiritual leaders think they are over the civil authorities. Basic, biblical, illiteracy. Very basic, like it's so easy if you pay any attention. Spiritual authorities are not over civil authorities. They are completely different. That's like saying the executive is over the judiciary. It shouldn't be. They are different. They stand alone. They should be able to make any judgment without any fear. They are, I'm not under you. Meanwhile, under the executive, the president, the governor, the commissioner, those that execute projects and do things, the ones that really seem in power, those ones come and go. But the judge can sit there through 10 different governments. Are you understanding? The ju judiciary, like the judges, the legislature, they are elected there by their people. They can sit through five presidents. But the ones that have the most power, the ones that exercise, that command the army, the air force, the police, all the armed forces, they come and go. Are you, are you, are you saying it's called checks and balances? This is what democracy does. It has these things like this. So this person that is the most powerful in the country, in a way, at any given time, is someone that comes and leaves very fast. He comes, he may not stay for more than four years or two terms, eight years, depending on the country's constitution. But there's this other one who comes and stays from the time he was appointed a judge in 1985. He can sit there, depending on the country, sometimes till he dies. Multiple governments come and go. He's not that seemingly that powerful. He sits down and writes these judgments and says, no, in this case, the state, the government against this person, says the government was wrong. He's untouchable. I'm just saying that things are not always how they appear. <laughs> hey, I'm back to my picture. So the civil government stays where it stays. It has its authority straight from God. Romans chapter 13, straight from God. He doesn't take it from spiritual government. He doesn't take it from pastors, apostles, prophets. No. They answer straight to God. God, government leader. God, spiritual leader. Yes. We've studied these things in the past. So, you have people thinking that it's God, spiritual leader, government leader. Error. So you hear them disregard. So you know that scripture that says, Who are you to judge another man's servant? That's it applies there fully. Government leaders answer to God. It couldn't be more obvious. I'll give me an example. The only thing, let me show you why sometimes it appears as those spiritual leaders have authority over government leaders. Because government leaders sometimes can be significantly deaf due to lack of spirituality and you know, 
ruled by the forces of this world. So many times God sends messages to them through spiritual leaders. You understand? But officially, you know God speaks to government leaders directly. Pharaoh, Abimelech, Nebuchadnezzar. Those examples that are given to you, why do you think they are given? Because God is talking to leaders like that everywhere. Everywhere. They have dreams. They have, they have radical encounters with God. But usually they don't understand it if they don't have a prophet. You know even in the traditions of the world where they don't know the God of Israel, our God. They have their priests. They have their spiritual advisors who tell them. Even today, even I don't mean in the past, I mean today, even people that don't go to church, they have people they consult. They are spiritual consultants who, who they wake up and say, ah, I saw this. And that one tells them, this is what you saw. This is what it means. They, they try to. They usually miss it. Why was Daniel special? Because he's the one that in that particular instance, they did not even, the king couldn't even remember what he saw. He just knows it was so dreadful. It shook him up. So he said, I want you to find out what it is I saw. And the guys went, excuse me, kings all over the world have advisors like us. None has ever made such a request. Abba! Till the one who had the real God. Job chapter 33 verse 14 says that the God speaks to man once, twice, in a vision, in a dream of the night, and he does not hear it. He does not listen. He does not understand. Who speaks? God. God speaks. It's God that speaks in dreams and in visions and in revelations. And many times the hardest thing to find, like Joseph told Pharaoh when they told him there's a young man, a Jew, a Hebrew slave who can interpret this thing for you. And the man said, I hear you can interpret. He said, interpretations belong to God. Why? Because he gave it. Oh, come on. When someone gives you something, the one that gave it to you knows if I give you a flash drive, I that gave it to you, I know what's in the flash drive. I copy that. Copy so I say, take what's inside. Go and open it. That's how a dream is. It's an, an encoded communication. The one who gave it can disencrypt it. It usually comes encrypted in parabolic language, in dream language. That's how it comes. And then you're supposed to you know disencrypt it. Supposed to be opened up. Supposed to be deciphered by those who understand. And usually the people of God, the prophets of God, the servants of God are the ones that understand what he says. If you look at the book of Jeremiah chapter 27, God talks to Jeremiah. He tells him, go and stand <coughs> on the access route. As these people come from their countries, the envoys from different countries, to meet the king of your land. He said, tell them, I have made Nebuchadnezzar king of kings, ruler of all the nations of the earth. I, God, he introduced himself by saying, I'm God who made everything. In other words, not those your small, small gods, local deities. Now, we've spoken about local deities. We've spoken about those beings. I've told you many times, they are not empty nothings. They are real. They are real beings. They exist. They are authentic. They are real spiritual beings. They've existed from days of yore. 
we've seen from Deuteronomy 29 how when they arrived, more or less, Genesis 6, they came to earth. Angelic beings referred to as sons of God and engaged and slept with the daughters of men who got pregnant and had children. Those beings exist. They are ruling forces now. People don't talk about them. You just talk about I come against every principality. You go into all of that stuff. You don't understand. They are real. It's not Old Testament stuff. You find it, Peter is talking about it. Peter sat under Jesus the Christ. Peter. Jude had been said to either be the brother of Jesus or Judas, not Iscariot. You remember Judas, not Iscariot? In case you don't know what Judas is, Judas is Jude. But nobody wants to be called Judas. You can understand why. You can guess why. Are you going to name any of your children Judas? The name has good meaning. You don't have to fight the name. Anyone? I'll dash you 10,000 if you call your child Judas. Raise your hand now. 20,000 you call your child Judas. 50, I'll give you 50,000. I'll do a transfer today. If you call, if you, if you promise you name your child Judas, that will be his name. 100, 100. This is bad. This is not fair to Judas from times past. Do you, do you see how they dread the name? See how bad it is. Nobody will collect any money because you know your child will not forgive you. You know your like you have a problem on the hand. Mama, you call me Judas. Hey! <laughs> I know you hated me from the womb. You call me Judas. Say, no, it's not like that. It's my pastor that promised me. You showed me. <laughs> Picture this guy in his office as he grows older. Who carried that thing? It's Judas. His life has ended before it began. So, the book of Jude was written by someone called Judas. And Judas, or Jude, and Peter both say the same thing. Second Peter chapter 2 and the book of Judas, which is just one chapter, tell you about glorious ones. One refers to him as glorious beings, the other one refers to him as Satan. One refers to it in the plural. And he actually tells you, <laughs> hey, Jesus saved the church. He says, don't speak against them anyhow. And then explains. He said, even Michael, the first time he come across the word, the archangel, not the angel, the ark, they, they are clarifying to you, did not bring a railing accusation, as King James would say, against him. But said, the Lord rebuked you, Satan. You know what people are doing all over the body of Christ? They've been doing forever. I come against this principality in this field. If God doesn't send you direct, he puts the mouth in your mouth, what's in your mouth like a prophecy. You're not supposed to go against principalities. I can't preach this now. I've preached it many times in the past. I made it very clear to this congregation. In its earlier days, this phase of the existence of this congregation, 2016, I made it very clear. It was one of the first messages God said I should tell the early people that came. If you haven't read the book called Needless Casualties of War, there's a soft copy. If you ask anyone in this church, they can try and find it and forward it to you. Needless Casualties of War. Read it. This should change your life. Needless Casualties of War by John Paul Jackson. 
Very insightful. He was a prophetic man died some years ago. But God showed him some things and others have seen it. Many times we don't know. But among the things that happen is people have miscarriages over and over and over again. And a simple thing like saying, oh God, forgive me for fighting principalities and powers. Bam! Someone that's had miscarriages for years. The next time they take him, they put to bed. The fan- most fantastic story, I think, in that book is where the, where, where the offense of a couple in India that was fighting the principality, everything died in the compound. Animals, domestic, everything died. You know? And on the fence, the metal prongs, the metal prongs on top of the fence are curved like this, like cobras. So picture metal prongs on the fence. It curved like this. After that couple, the wife was deadly sick, like she would die. They said, God, forgive us. We didn't know. They met this man and said, you've been fighting all these things. He said, yes, we've been coming against them, pulling down territorial space. They must uh, You crossed your boundaries. You know, again, you know, uh, you know us Christians, you love to say, everywhere the sole of my feet touches, been given me for a possession. It's a lie. See, there are very many things you're careless about. You know, there's uh, childishness. Then there's recklessness. There's someone running after a child to protect him from falling down the stairs, from hurting himself. And then there's you acting like a child for too long. When you enter that dimension, you are at risk. This thing I'm saying is the reason many Christians have died actually. Because it is a sin. Go and read Deuteronomy chapter 1, chapter 2. The, God was talking to Moses. He said, when you enter the land, that land I'm sending you into, the land of Canaan, don't go to take the land of the Edomites. I won't give you one foot of it. Don't go here, the land of the Ammonites. Don't go to the land of the Moabites. I have given it to them as an inheritance. I'm giving you yours. And he says, everywhere, and he delineates, he says, from this place to this place, go and read Joshua chapter 1, to this place, wherever the sole of your foot touches, I'm giving you. From here to here, by Pente Rascals, it's a great delight for them to always read half a verse. Just as much of a verse as makes them happy. Then everybody takes off running. And we are constantly wounded, slaughtered, harmed. You always wonder why the children of men of God, apart from the fact that Satan hates their fathers and, you know, servants of God. Yeah, actually. And comes after the children. But why should he succeed? So because the devil comes after my children, he should win. What does that mean? <coughs> One major reason is because of these disobediences. Yes. But I didn't know. My people perish for lack of, for not knowing. Not knowing will cost you. And this is worldwide. I come against, I come against, I come, I pull down, walk into a place. Leave the extreme stories about a young man walking into a place. I pull down this shrine physically or something and then goes mad. No, you don't need to pull down a shrine. Even though that's really, I mean, you're really spitting in its face. Can God tell you to pull down a shrine? Absolutely. He told Gideon to do that. 
you can be told to do so. That's the difference. When you do anything, let it be that God sent you. Do you understand? Many people think that you can do whatever. So it's the same attitude. Wherever the sole of my foot. No. Wherever the sole of your foot, from your parlor to your kitchen, touches. That's your territory. The moment your freedom crosses over into your neighbor's house, it's called illegitimacy. You are an illegitimate occupier of that territory. In America, someone has the right to shoot you. Kakak, boom. What happened? He trespassed. He trespassed. I don't know. I don't know. He trespassed. In America, nobody sues you when you blast someone. If you enter your house, you blast them. As long as they were in your house. Thank God we don't have guns in Nigeria. It's bad in America. Get off my property. <laughs> lift your hand and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant no harm. Sorry. Just passing through. Lost my way. But do not. Because that person has a right. It's called self-defense. I had a child in the house. I was afraid. You don't trespass. The word for trespass means sin. Sin is trespass. To misrule. People are constantly sinning in the name of exercising freedom. Which freedom? Your freedom starts and ends in your territory. It doesn't cross over. Read the book. It will help you. It talks about the short sword and the long sword. Close contact. You have a right to cast out demons. You're on the earth. You have authority on this earth. The problem is when we go into the heavenlies to fight. The angels fight in the heavenlies. When we're in just, I don't know how many of you heard it. That we're in just for Sadhu's program, or you listen to the audience later. He said it though. He said it without saying it this way. I don't remember when he was talking about how on earth people were praying, and in heaven the angels were fighting. You heard the audience. I hope you know this is what he was saying. <laughs> you guys are funny. He said it without saying it. That was all. That's the point he was trying to make. Stay on your side. Why do you think? Who remembers when he told the story? Was it in the book or he told the story about how he went to the house of that couple that had been suffering under the hands of that priest, that Hindu priest, terribly. He told it there. Do you remember when he talked about how he knelt down and all he did was raise his hands? God told him and he gave thanks. He didn't understand what he was telling you. Everything he was telling you, he was communicating to you without Hitting it directly, he was telling you when you are worrying. He, he took he took time, he pointed out from Revelation 12. He said, Do you notice people were praying and in heaven the angels are fighting there? He made, everyone, you do your side, you do your part here. The angels do their part here. What do we do? We have not done our part here. Now we finished. You're living in sin. You're stupid in many ways. Disobedience. You cross over into the heavenlies. I come against you. Those things go, eh? Look at them. Look at them. Get them. Your daughter developed leukemia. That simple. And you're like, my God can never... All over the earth, people suffer. Let me tell you two stories from that 
John Paul Jackson said, Do you know those metal bars? When the, that couple said, We are sorry, God forgive us for crossing our boundaries. Take note of the prayer. Very simple. Oh, the power of obedience. Not, they didn't go into three days fasting and weeping. <laughs> Father, I'm sorry. He didn't know. Even if you knew, repent. I acknowledge our wrong. We did it. I'm sorry. Forgive us. The wife got well immediately. Someone that has been lying down. See, got well immediately. And the most fantastic part, even if you want to doubt, eh, it was, eh, it was just coincidence. All the metal bars on the fence stood straight again. Things that curved like, to look like snakes straightened out. Satan lost its power immediately in their house. The grass died growing again, becoming green. All the grass had died. And you picture grass dying for no reason. Demons sat on the compound. You came here to be casting us out. Who said we are? God, it's time to cast us out. Do you understand when demons looked at Jesus and said, Have you come to to torment us before our time? Do you, do you, do you, Christians, you just read. Do you understand timing? Timing, I often say, it is not just where or what, it is when. If you know how many things hinge on when. If we know how many things hinge on when, the same thing that you cannot do now, when it is time, the same thing, the same thing, when it, the fullness of time comes for it, it's the easiest thing. And the same thing you could do, 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 do. Luke 13, it says, when the master of the house arises and shuts the door, you stand outside and knock and it will not be open to you. But that's the same door that has been wide open. For the longest time that is available, come through, Come through. Go through when it's open. Refusal to go through, he says, when he closes it. I just realized I saw this twice. He says, he's the one who, when he shuts the door, no one can open. And when he opens it, no one can shut. We like to talk about that while thinking of a new, a new job. Can we use it in the way Jesus used it? Matthew 25, he said about the foolish virgins that they came through. But when he shut the door, they came and stood outside. Why? They went looking for oil. They were out of time. When they ought to have gotten oil, they didn't get it. But the time came When they were allowed to get oil. And a time came when going to get oil was fatal. Ah, maybe not at times and seasons. Jesus took a look at Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Ah, so, summary. If only you had known the time of your visitation. Like timing made all the difference. A time will come and they'll say, hey, hey, we are ready. <laughs> Our Lord, we are here for you. Everyone, we are going on a three-day fast, dry, a proper fast. I've shown you Zechariah 7. Who does not know what's in Zechariah 7? Flash your hand like this. If you don't flash it, I won't explain it. 
Zechariah 7 is where the people came to the prophet and said, these 70 years that we've been in captivity, we've been fasting. Uh, we were just, we want you to consult with God and ask, should we go on with this fasting? The 70 days years are over. We fasted the fifth and seventh month. We fasted, you know, two times. Sought the Lord. Sought the Lord. So the Lord, in, with fasting and, and mourning, it's proper children. So, hi, God is brutal. <laughs> God said, when you eat, is it not for yourself you eat? <laughs> read it. It's almost worse than what I'm saying. You gotta read it. Let me read it. Oh, this is Bible reading. Let's read. Let's just read. So someone I say he's exaggerating. Exactly. Saying they take God, what they change that. <laughs> I'm jumping. Verse 3. Ask the priest of the house of the Lord Almighty and the prophets. Should I mourn and fast in the fifth month, as I have done for so many years? Then the word of the Lord Almighty came to me. Ask all the people of the land and the priest. When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Are these not the words the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and prosperous? And the Negev and the western foothills were settled Go and read the whole chapter. When you fast, you fast for yourself. New King James says, Were you fasting for me? For me? For me? You need to hear it. Give me that, King James. It's electronic, King James. Speak unto all the peoples of the lands and to the priests, saying, When ye fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, even those seventy years, did ye at all fast unto me? To me? This one says, even, even is in, in uh, italics, because it's not there in the original language. Who has New King James? Who has anything? It's just there the way it is. During those 70 years, did you really fast for me? Dash. For me? For Nani, they fast for God when Yoruba. Any, any. May something not do you. I don't know how to interpret that in English. I just said it. May something not do you in this world. If you know how many children of God something is doing. These are the things God taught me a bit earlier. I fasted a, quite a bit in my life, but not unnecessary. That's why almost everyone, we just started fasting more recently. In the early years, for years, we didn't fast. All these signs and wonders and glory and presence and baptisms and gifts of the Spirit, we had it with zero fasting. 
at least not intentional fasting. We may stay in the presence of God for hours, but we purposely, and I did it to teach you that it's not fasting, that is the key. I made sure I did it. It wasn't for two months. It was for years. And everybody was convinced without a doubt. In fact, the problem I have now is getting you guys to fast. Because you're spoiled. God spoiled children. When God now said, oh, yeah, they can fast now. I now told them, you can fast. He said, eh? With this lockdown, when I come to school, I'll fast. Then they came to school. Don't worry, things are hard in school. When I go home, I'm back and forth and struggling to fast. But all the grace you see, on the different people that came, came by faith. And I purposely did it. And I told them at the beginning. I said, I purposely am not. Jesus said, when they asked him, why don't your disciples fast? He said, they will fast. They will fast. And I told them, I said, you will fast. But don't fast now. Why? Because I don't want to raise a generation of people that believe it is by fasting and might. I want you to believe in God and know that God is real. I thought, avoid sin. Walk in righteousness and obedience. Leave the body torture. Leave that one. And you will see God. You will see God. And we saw God. Far more than those who starved. I remember someone came to visit us and he said, Ah, I just came from a group of youth where God is moving powerful, like he's moving here. They were fasting for seven days. They don't break. There's nothing like in the evening. They break. No breaking. He said, I felt the presence of God. Just like I'm feeling here. I told him, uh, yeah, we don't fast at all. We go on retreat. We eat in the retreat two to three times. I just wanted him to understand. Because that's how we go, we go around teaching people that it's by might and by fasting. Say it. Not the Lord. You should fast. Isaiah 58 tells you how to fast. We have a, a message on that. I preached in 217 in a girls only meeting. The kind of fast which God chooses. It's for breaking bonds of wickedness. It has purpose in between. You know, it's... Listen to the audio. I think the transcript might be somewhere now. You can get the transcript. Amazing direction is given us by the Spirit of God. Listen. My point is this. We are not called to come up with our own schemes. To move God. No. It has always been an, a matter of obedience. When God told me in 2013 December. Obedience is a strategy. I barely understood it. I knew that he meant that. As the years have passed. Not fasting. Not prayer. Not preaching. Not evangelism. Not studying the word. Nothing. Obedience. Obedience how? Obedience in doing all those things. When God says you should do them. Not when God says, obey me. Obey me. That's what he, go and read Zechariah 7. He said, when your former prophet told you, did you listen? You wouldn't listen. Now, you, in other words, your 70 years of fasting meant nothing to me. I didn't send you. I don't care whether you fast or not. That's what God just told them. He said, when you fast, is it not you that decided? When you eat, is it not for yourself? That's what God said. Then he went on to clarify. What I told you was, obey me. This is the kind of thing I don't think Christians like to hear. But in my sphere, this is what I've preached non-stop. Obey God. Obey God. And there's no need for unnecessary fasting. 
There's no need for unnecessary prayer. There's no need for ashes and sackcloth. Obedience is the strategy. Keep disobeying. Disregard what God says. Do as you like. And watch trouble. Visit your doorstep. And watch God make sure he catches me away like Elijah. And watch you not understand what I'm saying. Oh God will still answer my prayer. Everybody, face your side. Do your own job. Don't look for what to do. That's what that's why Nigerians love to fast. Because they are in active disobedience to God. So they look for something to make them feel righteous. As if God is moved by any of that. He is not. Zachariah 7 should be popular. Do we fast and pray? Yes. Do I? Yes. But most Nigerians should stop. Soon fast again. Just stop. And learn to live righteously. Stop pretending. Covering it up with fasting. Oh yes, our church. Our church group is fasting for 2,000 days. But they start peeling everywhere. And you have a, a mistress. You have a girlfriend. But don't reverse well. Hey, sweetheart. Sorry, let's just finish this fast. You see. Really? Really? Wow. Who who did this to you? What pastor told you that you can do things like that? That you can settle him with a fast and go right back. Dear God. God said they were fasting for themselves that they should have obeyed the prophets. In other words, you wouldn't have even been in 70 years of captivity. You should have just obeyed. That's my preferred approach. I don't like plan B's. Plan C. Plan plan Z. I like plan A. That's where you obey what God says and there's no stress at all. The nations of the earth don't come and rule over your head. If something happens in your life, you say, oh God, is this a joke moment? Okay, it's not that I've done anything. It's okay. The trial of my faith is better than gold tried in fire. Okay. God, give me strength to endure. And after I've suffered a while, I will heal the established, I'll be established, strengthened, and settled. But when it is sin making you suffer, then everybody has to go on starvation and dehydration. You call it fasting. That's not the fast that God chooses. Let's stop being disobedient and looking for, for, for backup. Are you hearing me? Say Bible study. You want to ask a question at the end? You can ask. Or even if the question wants to ex- explode through your sight, you can raise your hand and ask. If it's burning, just do this. Just ask. Raise your hand and I'll answer you. You know, when the people said, they said, should we mourn and fast in the fifth month as we have done these many years? When God answered, he said, when you fast in the fifth and seventh month, you forgot. Nobody, you didn't used to suffer once in a while. You suffered double. Everything, not double, double, but suffering. 
And then he didn't say for this many years. He said for 70 years. He clarified. 70. 70. 70. 70 years. You fasted and prayed for 70 years. At the end, the person you fasted for said, was it for me? Me. Um, I don't know if things don't pain people. How many people here today, does a lot pain? When you try, 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 and it's like, hmm, eh? I remember making something for a wedding for a sister of mine with a friend of mine. You know, and we carved out happy nuptials, stayed all night, did all sorts of artwork. See effort. See effort. They hung it like this on the edge of the table. I don't know how long. And they said, oh yeah, it was a rented place. And as they're marching out, I'm still traumatized. By the way, I saw them tear that thing. I'm like, we didn't sleep, we didn't sleep. We didn't sleep. I can understand when someone wants to take that thing home, I'm going to hang on my wall. Like, the love and effort put into that thing was too much. See the way they tore it. God help us. God help us. <laughs> May you not put in all sorts of effort. Like example, fast for 70 years and be told that. I didn't send you. Hungry, food, I don't care. Uh, but what I do want to discuss is you obeying you. There was no need for that fast. May you not waste time in this world. When the Holy Spirit leads you into the wilderness on a fast. Holy, everything I'm saying is under the exception of God pushing you to do it. God pushes people to fast. God leads people to But be careful what you believe. Ah, Moses fasted 40. Which move? Don't call Moses his name. Stop it. Sorry if I'm preaching you. I don't know anything. I don't know anybody that is fasting. I, I know nothing. But I have small Holy Spirit. So when he says... I is a stock I'm, I'm, I'll talk it. I have I have no idea. Listen, Moses went up a mountain. Where does life come from? The sun shines on plants, and animals eat plants, and food and energy is produced. You eat plants, you eat animals, and you have strength and you're healthy. But where does the sun get its power from? The light that was created on the first day, let there be light. Before the fourth day, when the sun was created. So the real light that lights everyone that comes into this world, came into the world. John chapter 1, the Lord Jesus. In him was light. This life is the light of man. Moses is a person who was standing in the presence of the God who gives power to the sun that shines and creates photosynthesis in plants. Are you listening? Moses was not fasting. Not once do I swear that Moses was in the presence of God and his stomach was in boom, boom, boom. Mm -mm. Because there is nothing, there is no plant, there is no sun, there is no animal between him and nutrition. He was so healthy that when he came down, he had to find a cloth and cover his face. That's how, ladies, you know all those things that say your skin will glow. Moses, in, Moses was not. Moses was not. 
looking very healthy. No. He caused pain. The light emanating from him caused pain in the eyes of people. That's what happened from me in God's presence. So I'm repeating. Moses didn't come down. Moses did not come down starving, saying hunger will kill me. It didn't happen. So be careful when you say, well, you know, I'm joining like in the company of people like Moses. You're not in anybody's company. You're a sufferhead. The only person I'll know that stayed in it was Jesus. And by the way, nowhere is it mentioned that I didn't drink water. Like Jesus, I'll fast without food or water. Where? Show me. When you find it, come. But don't bother. 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 Me, I used to bother to check. Uh-huh. My opinions are strong. They are not opinions. My convictions are strong because I check. You, you not check. Anybody just say anything, just do. Did you now discover that you're not three wise men? Careful what you believe. Distinguish my book of Bible stories from the Bible. Be reading the Bible. <laughs> a book of Bible stories. Jehovah's Witnesses are written. And they are artists sometimes. An artist can miss the point. Mm. <coughs> what did I say? This is what I was trying to show you. I was trying to show you that in Psalm 47, what I was explaining, and I haven't forgotten the stories I was telling you. One of those people that used to pray against those principalities, their child had left the house. A pastor dyed his hair blue. This is long ago. Not now. Everybody's hair is blue. This is maybe 30 years ago. Things were different. This child had run away. Nobody knew. I think for how long? Weeks, months? As they stayed at home and said, Oh God, forgive us for going against principalities and powers. Forgive us. That day or the next, the child called. Hello, mom, dad. I want to come home. Do you still think? They didn't pray and say, God, bring back our son. No, they say, God, forgive us for doing things with it. The same way they were having miscarriages, they say, God, forgive us. And then they took him. And for the first time, they did not miscarry. What happens is that the devil loves it when you give him a right. Where you go to take the land without God's support is the worst thing you can do. Many Christians that died physically that are sick, spiritual, all these things. It's crossing boundaries. And this is the most, I think maybe the most common thing in Christendom. To go around pulling down principalities and paths. But Peter, who walked with Jesus physically, said, that you should not go against the glorious ones. That's what he called them. And I was saying that to explain because those things shine. I don't want to say too much about it. Set a little in the past. 
but the time has not come to talk about all these things too much. But they are, they are, they are literally... Why would Peter and Jude insinuate that something called a glorious one, that Satan is in the category? Because he is. And he goes on to take time to abuse people that abuse them and say, don't do it. Why? Please, please, please. It's very easy. You cannot be angry with me without reading your Bible. Please read Jude. It's a very, it's one chapter. Read Second Peter chapter 2. It's one chapter. That's all. Don't waste your time being displeased with someone who is right. Read the thing. When this meeting is over, read it. If you have never heard this before. And try and get the messages we have preached about it. And be assured of this. That when God says something, he knows what he's saying. I've seen people get angry and aggressive. Why should you say I can't go and pull down to spices? In my mind, I keep wondering, why must you pull? What's your problem? You can't even pull down lying. Small lust. Little unclean spirits. Then you're going to ruling te territorial spirits. Because you don't understand. And you perish for your lack of understanding. There's a hierarchy in the spirit that Jesus is the head of. Colossians 1, read it. They include principalities. It's written there. I didn't write it. Give it to me. Principalities. Give me Colossians 1 from verse 17. You don't do what you like and hope things will turn out the way you want. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Go on. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and firstborn from among the dead. So that in all things he may have preeminence. In all things he may have preeminence. Go on, go on, go on. For God was pleased to have all fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven. By making peace through the blood of his cross. Yes. Once you were alienated from God and we're hostile in your minds because of your evil deeds. Once you take note. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy, unblemished, and blameless in his presence. See that? If indeed, take note, if indeed you continue in your faith, what if you don't continue? If indeed you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope of the gospel you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Pause. Go back to verse 15. Now listen to me. He said that Christ, you saw he, that he may have preeminence in what? In all things. Do you know what it means to be preeminent? The first, the most eminent. Pre. Eminent. The Son, we start from verse 17. Let's read verse 15 and 16. The Son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over what? All Christians. All Christians. All what? Creation. creation. He is the firstborn over all creation. Let's look at some of creation. For in him all things, and I want everyone to read with me from the second part. For in him all things were created. Things in 
Things in heaven. Did you notice that? All things were created of the things in heaven and on earth. On earth. Visible and invisible. Would that include spirits? Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Did you just see dominions, thrones, authorities, rulers? Do you know the next place you find such a list? Ephesians 6. Because we don't think well. Why? Because we picked portions of the Bible, left the rest, and allowed, say, no, but my papa, my pastor, read your Bible. See, if you come into the holy place, there's 12 loaves of bread, not one. Your pastor is one loaf. Your tribe is one loaf. There are 12 tribes. God reveals things to many people. I'm not saying you should go around listening to every preacher on earth. I said it the other time. Don't distract yourself. You keep your eyes straight. But if you do listen to one or few preachers, try and listen to the ones that listen to others. Try and listen to people that learn from the different things. That, In fact, all of it is in scripture. But unfortunately, some people go into scripture and pick out, cherry pick. They only pick out parts that they like and skip the rest. And therefore, you end up nibbling half of a, a, a loaf. But there are 12 loaves. We are supposed to partake in different graces and abilities released into the body of Christ. Ephesians 6. You're giving it to me from verse uh, what? 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this world's darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In which realms? Heavenly realms. Eh? Heavenly realms. Our struggle is against spiritual forces of goodness. Evil. Where are they? Undead in hell. From the pit of hell. It's not the pit of hell. Where then they? Why? Why should they be in heavenly realms? We are sitting in heavenly places. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, actually, this space we are occupying, the other people. Yes, there were other people in the land of Canaan. Yes, you are not the first. You are not the last tenant. It's not only you that came. Don't do any harm. No! God has given all to us. You're a thief. And there's a price for being a thief. Don't be a thief. Stop. Is this thief thief attitude that puts you in trouble? Because you enter a place, you want to dominate everywhere. You want to control. You don't want anybody else to have peace. Don't you know God has a quarrel with people that try to buy up all the houses and fill up the land? God has a problem. I showed you in the Bible that the Edomites, Moabites, Ammonites drove out giants. Yes, it's not Israel that was the first set of you to drive out giants. <clears throat> You're trying to reduce our God. I'm reducing... The amount of space, non-gray matter has taken up in your head. Don't worry, we don't understand. There's a pride in us. Christians. Christians, listen, I'm a Christian too. All Christians hearing me, I am a Christian. Do I sound like a Muslim? I'm a Christian. I am a Christian. Do I believe in power? Oh, I, my nigga, yito, siga. Hey, God, Abba. You haven't heard the power stories we've told in this house. Uh, even if you, all of you heard about power, do you hear the kind of stories I've told you since you came? 
power now future power not power power and no when you say this they will doubt the power of God may my children not doubt the power of a moving car No, you are teaching them to doubt the power of their parents to protect them. Come here, child. I will beat you half to death if you run into the in the road. Don't run into the road. I trust my power to care for you as far as you obey me. You'll be disobeying me and saying, Mommy, Daddy, don't worry, I trust you. I know you never let a bad thing happen to me. You want me to cry? I would finish you now. Go and enter a road and say, no, no my, my mommy is always there. My daddy, my daddy, my daddy is very strong. He can run very fast. I'm going to, you see all these cars? I'm going to walk in front of him. There are laws of physics, natural laws, and there are laws of the spirit, spiritual laws. They apply to all. Whoever you are, break it, you go wound. Break it, and that's how children of God all over the earth they are breaking the laws of God and saying nothing can happen, and then they carry their corpse as if they don't read the scriptures. You don't break it, Moses. Mo- my Moses, you don't break my law, Moses. You don't, Moses. I said, Talk to the rock, mm-hmm. Moses. Moses, you don't hit the rock with a stick when I say, Talk to it, mm-hmm. okay. You know, that's all. Moses. Have you read about Moses? Moses, you don't enter. Time passed like this. Moses now say, Oh, I've begun to see your victory. Please now let me enter. You know the intercession thing he used to do. What did God say? He said, Don't raise the matter again. Never, never you. Let me say that again. Never you raise this matter again. Never you. Read it. It's in the Bible. All of you that think I'm exaggerating. And scriptures tell you. It's not that God said no. He said don't raise it. He said don't try. Don't raise it again. You know how you're not even permitted to pray. Not once did he tell him that when he was begging for the Israelites. Oh. But you, you. After all you know. I told you talk to rock. You struck rock. Twice. Sorry. Affliction shall not arise the second time. You didn't read? Okay, it was not yet written. Affliction shall not arise. Moses, you, Moses, you are a meek man. Moses, you are a humble man. Moses, the amount of pride that was required for you to say, you want us to bring water from this rock for you? It wasn't small pride. You had to dig up, harvest pride, pack pride to do such a thing. Moses, that was not a mistake. If it is she that did it, if it's uh, Miriam, Seven days leprosy. You. Another You and Aaron. Aaron didn't even bother to talk. <laughs> he didn't even bother. Mm, there's something like this. So there's something like maturity in the spirit. There's something like so you. You don't do it. Not you. N- not you. Oh, not you. You not enter. 
you see people do you know how sometimes people read the bible and say well that means if i do this god never forgive me you don't understand that's not how it works there are people that betray david excuse me when david was overthrown by his son absalom the coup the tar occurred and he ran out didn't the men of israel support who were the people that fought david who, who were the, who made up the army of absalom spirit who Israelite. When David came back, did he go after witch hunting? Go after anyone? Can someone tell me why Ahitophel committed suicide? They didn't even kill him. Ahitophel, they refused his advice. The Bible says he went down to Kerioth, set his house in order, and hung himself. Why? Because Ahitophel is the guy that David, I've told you Ahitophel was from Kerioth, Cariot. Cariot. Judas is Cariot. Same place. Ahithophel is a picture of Judas. The one with whom I have eaten. With whom I went to the house of the Lord. David spoke about him. That's Ahithophel. Judas is Ahithophel. Or Ahithophel is Judas in type and shadow. Are you listening? Good. He had, he had the... He had, the Bible says his counsel, his, when Ahithophel spoke, it was like consulting the oracle of God. His gifting was wisdom. When you talk to Ahithophel, it was settled. But David, his guy, had prayed a prayer. May you turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. For the first time, Someone listened to Ahithophel and said, no, I'll take this other person's advice. Ahithophel knew that heaven itself had shifted against him. He went, you know, with that high level wisdom he had, he knew Mount is finished. He went, I don't know how many days, put things in order. Say you, my first son, to you I give the two portions of land I have on the Doro Road. You, my second son, you call a Pene Road, Abzis, hitting it down. There's one large portion of land, that's yours. Then he hung himself. Because Ahithophel knew that if David comes back, and he knew David was coming back, that's when he knew. As they rejected his counsel, he said, no, let's not pursue him. Ahitophel said, pursue him now. They said, no. If you go now, Hushai, the archite that David sent on him, they said, go. They took Hushai's advice. Ahitophel said, oh, I'm finished. Why? David is coming back. He didn't tell them. Since they didn't need his advice, if they had asked him, he would have said, Absalom, you're dead. All of you are finished. All of you are finished. You know, when I speak, I speak like the uncle of God. All of you are dead. Me, I'm dead, so I'll help. I don't want them to waste soap, washing salt. I'll just help them. I'll use rope. Committed suicide. Game over. Why? But David came back. He didn't look for anybody. He didn't say, why did you turn against me? 
to all those people. He acted normally. Ahithophel knew he could never be normal with him. Why? Ah, we were too close now. The amount of treachery required for you to do what you did. It's not possible. Knowing David, he may have not touched him. But you know it's Ahithophel that told Absalom to sleep with his father's wife. Hmm. your father's so that all Israel will know you're committed to this matter as a kind of counsel. When they turn it to the side of evil, it's it's brutal. That's the danger. That's why men of God can be the worst at evil, the absolute worst. A man of God that has been conquered by evil is the worst. If they've tapped into the mind of God, there's a an increase in capacity that they develop. Thoughts have crossed my mind sometimes. I'm like, wow, what if I was an unbeliever? I would be very bad, though. I would be very good at being bad. I admire myself that does not exist. I've passed and seen, I've heard people say things, and I go like, hmm, if these people even want to do something, this is what they should just do. And I realized that is so devious. That is, that is so diabolic. That is that is so outstanding in its badness. I feel I find myself like, wow. And I go back, I'm a child of God. But the mere fact that I even, and it's easy. Like, eh. When you have tapped, gone near to God, it can be very dangerous can be very dangerous. It can be very dangerous. Okay. I wanted you to see that Jesus is the head of principalities and powers. I just wanted you to see it. Why? I just, I just felt like showing you something. And that all things were made for him. Hmm? Hmm? And well, by that, of course, we know it means some things. We don't know anything. Why? Because all our picture of Jesus, so this earth, to everything, almost all is wrong. We believe all sorts of things. No, no, no. Listen, let me explain to you. See, we came to the see, see, see. God now sent us to this earth, eh? Because He. There's this tree that He planted. That man now took the. See, so he's now looking for the seed back so he can plant it again. Because he realized the fruit from that seed. So, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be pulling your legs too much. It don't grow taller than me. Do we think we know? Let me show you something. Just for fun. Proverbs 30. The sayings of Agor, son of Jake. <laughs> this man's utterance to Ethiel. Verse 3. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I attained to the knowledge of the Holy One. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the wind? Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is the name of his son? Surely you know. 
sarcasm. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words. Or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. Since this is a wise man, let's just borrow small jar from him. This thing I'm always preaching. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Are you hearing? Keep falsehood and lies far from me. You know how many Christians like lies? You like people that lie to you. You're finished. Let me tell you in advance. But if you listen to lies. We saw it last Sunday, I think. Was it Sunday? Was it? I can't remember which day now. How I was, was talking about what you hide in your heart. What is hidden within you. And we saw the opposite of truth. We saw how you were to hide God's words within your heart that you might not sin against them. And I said, what can you put there that will make you sin against them? Lies. Why do Christians sin? Number one reason is listening to lies. Every lie you believe frees you to sin. It gives you permission. It's lies that make Christians say, no, I'm under the blood. No. No. It doesn't matter. Either. <laughs> Don't worry. It's covered. It's covered by the blood. You know, I heard a preacher say, very loudly on Sunday evening, someone gave me a video. Sin can never take a person to hell. Never. Abel Damina was saying that. Sin can never take a person to hell. So sin freely. Sin. If you don't go to hell, I will share my inheritance in the age to come with you. I promise you. Freely sin. Now, let me explain. There are people who imply, and if you've listened to me preach, you think I am a, an extreme grace preacher. But the, the balance is clear when you have understanding. So there's a way I've preached. Most of the time, when I'm explaining the grace of God, it sounds like people may say, ah, but this is the same thing. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. It's the real thing. It's the scriptural thing. That other thing is that it's like someone saying, this is a car and this is a car. Yes. And I drive my car at 50 to 60 to 80 to 120 kilometers, depending on where I am. You drive your car 250 kilometers. That's a weapon. That's not a car. You've weaponized it. If you crash or you even miss a little, you kill very many people plus yourself. Say no now. Uh -uh, I thought you say it's bad to drive now. This is a Mustang. This is a Mustang. The exact same make. You bought it at the same price. I bought it at the same price. Ah, how I am behaving in the Mustang is the difference. Are you listening to me? The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Titus chapter 2. Teaching them to deny ungodliness and worldly desires. Lost. To live righteous, sober, and godly lives. Righteous sober and godly lives how do you mix that with sin don't be ridiculous sir 
Yes, when a child sins, the parents will forgive the child. So you tell me to go and sin, break things. This is what I assure you I will do. And that's sometimes what I'm listening for when these people talk. Will you at least say that your parents may beat you nearly to death? Can you just add that part? Okay, even if you want to say, he will not throw into a lake of fire. This is painful. But it's because the church, and this makes it hard. Sometimes I pity when people preach this share. But I understand part of why they preach it. Because the church does not know that the fires of God are for purification. And for purging is because of a wrong perspective of the fires of God. That's all. If only that matter were resolved, everything would be easier. But when they read it, they look at the Bible says First Corinthians five that his spirit will be saved in the day of the Lord. So they go, they run and mock with that. The question is when the day of the Lord is. And how their spirit will be saved. I don't want to go there today. We've gone through our BBS. You, you've heard these things explained. Yes, I know the inability of the church to understand. Having lost, we've lost a lot of things that were known to the apostles, to the early church. Over time, many things have come between us and the truth. We've gotten confused about many things. However, God will restore all of it in the name of Jesus. God will cause the truth to be heard so that men can hope once more in the goodness of a good God. As opposed to telling people that once the blood has covered you, once sprinkle blood on a good. Just that I really want someone to explain to me why Second Peter chapter 2 says it is better they did not know the way of salvation. I don't know why you tell someone it's better they will never see. How can it be better? If I was not saved and I will go to the lake of fire, then I got saved, then I went back like a soul to its wallowing, like a dog to its vomit. And you say, it is better they had not known. And then you are saying that once you are saved, is better that is bad for unbelievers, but it's good for Christians. You have to have avoided too many scriptures to arrive at that conclusion. So I joined this wise man and say, Two things I ask of God keep falsehood and lies far from me, so I'm not sin against them. Because when you believe lies, you sin. People don't pray against falsehood enough. If they did, God will open their eyes and they say, That's a lie. They would see, but they don't care. They don't mind if it's a lie. You embrace a lie. And what God does in Second Thessalonians 2 on you, where he says that because, give me Second Thessalonians chapter 2, give it to me from verse 8. He says, And then the lawless one will be revealed. Whom the Lord Jesus will slay with the breath of his mouth and annihilate by the majesty of his arrival. You go on to 11. Go on. The coming of the lawless one will be accompanied by the walking of Satan with every kind of power, sign, and false wonder. 
we studied this in the last couple of days. If you didn't hear the audio, go and listen to it. You know, every this is the walking of Satan. What is this walking of Satan? Every kind of You see Christians flocking. They like to see. May God deliver you from every kind of power. Because the walking of Satan is with every kind of power. Every kind. Say power is power. Say power. All you can see people flock. They don't have. Just try to teach the Bible for more than 40 minutes. They want power. I showed you on Sunday how Jesus came to bring the word of God. What he came was a message. The Bible doesn't say he came to bring miracle signs and wonders. We saw that miracle signs and wonders followed those that did this will, that went out spreading, that God confirmed their words with signs and wonders. That's what the book of Hebrews says. He confirmed it. It's a confirmation. So I speak a word, I preach to you, and then God confirms it. But what happens when I don't speak? I don't speak any word. Just gather you and power, power. So what? Power. I wish someone would go up to someone and say, stop, stop, you're touching her, stop. Wh- why are you pushing him down by doing a thing like that? Can you explain to us why you're pushing him down? To prove what? So that what? Instead of preaching the word of God, and then God confirms it, Oh, God will heal someone here. How many of you are sick? After you've taught them on healing. And you say, Jesus came to help restore. Lord, heal. God will open someone's eyes here. God will break bonds. God will deliver someone from demons. God will do this. The word of God says, you bring the word of God on this. What's the goal? The goal is not your healing. Of what use is it a man gains the whole world and loses his soul? The goal is not you having a lot of money. What is money for? Wealth. Everything has a purpose and all those things must be to glorify God. If you cannot trace that thing you are doing to how it glorifies God, forget it. God has zero glory in making you fall. Why are you doing what you're doing? You don't exercise at home. Why do you come to church to exercise? I even like the ones that carried someone physically, at least. At least, not. That one is a show of strength. Physical strength. Physical. Ah, but, oh, my God has suffered. Oh, my God has suffered. My God has suffered. My God has suffered. I apologize. Oh, God. And people look and say, listen, oh, the, the, a man of God, you know, three men of God have come to our town. 
and they call him a man of God. They call them, they call. Why did you put those three names on the same sentence? They say, how? It's the working of Satan. And every kind of power comes with it. Every kind. Every kind. I saw a video of men standing in a river with some women, stark naked, backing, and they point a camera at them. And they are backing in a river. Say, pour the water on themselves. They are pouring water on themselves. They are pouring water on themselves. And then the man, as he's talking, he's throwing notes of money into the water. He's throwing notes, his money notes into the water. And he's pointing out, taking time to emphasize how that what he's doing is not diabolic. That this is God. That God said this is how. And these people will have wealth. They'll have wealth. They'll have wealth. That God, he took time to really point out that some people think this is evil. No. It's in the, in the name of Jesus. But, My God. This, this is my God. No. Is he walked up? And we saw, we saw last week, I think in one or two meetings, we saw how Jesus warned in Matthew 24, verse 24 and 25. He said, He said that they will come to deceive you. This is how they will come. And he said they will come with signs and wonders. And he said, I have told you in advance. And they've come. And people are following them everywhere. Truly born again Christians are following them. I blame their pastors. Then some are the other extreme. Everybody is the devil. If there's any healing, if there's a single miracle, if there's, I was asking a Jehovah's Witness person, you know, they said no, you know, the Bible said, Satan, I said, excuse me. What is the glory that Satan gets when I have a dream? See a white car coming towards me, and then he comes to hit me. And in real life, that day I go out, and I'm walking along the street. A white car starts to careen, swing across the road, and I remember my dream. I jump across the gutter and shift far. And that car comes, but can't hit me, because I was prepared. Can you tell me how the devil receives any glory from that? Can you tell me how the devil receives glory if I pray for someone, the person gets healed? I know I've never touched, done juju, anything, any diabolic thing or fetish thing in my life. I've never. I absolutely know so. So can you tell me how or why you would say for a moment that it may be the devil's walkings in my life or through my life if I touch someone lightly as a student and say, God, heal this person, please. And the person told me later that the horrible toothache I had disappeared completely. How does Satan receive any glory there? Seeing as I didn't turn into a shame, in fact, I didn't know until nearly two years later. That's when the person told me. So, oh no, that day you prayed for me. It was gone instantly. How does Satan receive glory from that? Because Satan doesn't do anything for free. Satan is trying to take glory and worship. No. 
all the miracles stop. You know, as Jesus was leaving town, he told the disciples, I'm putting this thing on a timer. Once who go die last, uh, draw on you. I just die like this, power go finish. That's what they believe. They said, with the last apostles, all the unction to function ended at that junction. Absolute bow that dash. So there are people that go to the other extreme. All power is evil power. No power is God. Then there are people at the other extreme. No power is God's power. God is weak. What he did, you know, as he was writing, giving the Bible, dictating the scriptures, he used his last energy. They just wrote the end. The spirit and the bride say, Holy Spirit, finish. Wrong. Don't go from one extreme to the other. There's the walking of Satan with every kind of power, sign, and false wonder. So they use signs too. He said, do you notice this? Do you see this? Do you see this shining? Do you see this? Things that make people wonder. Next verse. And with every wicked deception directed against those who are perishing. Because they refuse the love of the truth that would have saved them. What is it that allows Satan to deceive you? Not refusing the truth. Refusing the... Pay attention. What I'm going to say is very important. I've said it before, but there are new people here. Some of you have been here. You haven't heard this yet. What did they refuse? Do you understand the difference between the truth and a love for the truth? There's a very big difference. What it is they refused was a love of the truth. You want to escape Satan's walkings. You must not like truth or know the truth. You must love the truth. You must love righteousness and hate wickedness. You cannot say... Well, me, no. Well, when people speak the truth, well, yeah. you must love it. How do you act when you love something? You must go after it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Jesus said, if any man love me, my father will love him. John chapter 14. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14 verse 21. And then verse 23. He said, if you love me, my father will love you and come and dwell with you. That way I am will be also. There is a process. There is a process. You must decide to love truth. Don't know it. Okay, I like going to that place. Well, man has some truth. Love it. It's very easy to know when someone loves something or not. Ah, passion. The passion that accompanies a love for something. The price people pay for what they love. When you see someone unable to pay a price. You know, sometimes some of you, you evangelize to people, you lead people to the Lord. You know what I did with everyone that came around me? 
to learn the truth was to try to teach them to love the truth. That's why I push people to study their Bible personally, to take notes. You can make someone love you. You can make someone love someone. There are things you can compel that encourage the person to fall in love. You can help people love the truth. Help. You can't force it. You, can, you know how uh, you may see in a movie where they trick someone or they set them up and they end up in the same situation. They are in the same space. Yes? Maybe they trick and say, oh, sorry. Uh oh, okay. Uh, I don't think I'll join this bank again. Okay, you guys can go. I I'll join the other one. And the friend goes, wait, wait uh, what? Boom. They jump and zoom off in the other car. So this lady is forced to be with this man in this car for the trip. And they're in the same trip. So they are forced to talk together. That's one of the ways I get people to fall in love with God. Some of you just think, I just love it. Why didn't you love him the first 18 times you got born again? So when we, you see those things we teach our new people and tell you, read your Bible, take notes yourself. It's a setup. I'm exposing my secrets here. For setting you up to be with Jesus in the same car. Because he's altogether lovely. If you hang around him long enough, you fall in love. Even if you misbehave, you still know that. He's so wonderful. Even if you misbehave, you still know that he's fantastic. For me, usually, if at least we can get you to the place where you're in love, leave you alone. Even if they're up and down, but love will take care of the rest. Not his love for you because he loves us, or it's you that has to love him. When you come to love the truth, you want to know the truth about things. It's not a matter of well, that's what my pastor said. So that's the way it is. No, it worries you. Say, Pastor, but this place, are, are we sure it's like this? Because I saw this other passage. You create a love for the truth. It's the only way you can overcome Satan. We talked about this last week. Or was it in the tarry? It was in the tarry Friday. And then I talked about some of it on Sunday too. It was in the tarry. Why? If you don't love the truth. You see that verse I think I showed you in verse 9? It's coming on the earth. We talked about some of this in the tarot. talked about Matreya. talked about some things that are coming on the earth. Terrible things that are about to come on this world. Deception like you can't believe. Power of all kinds. You have not seen power of all kinds yet. There's going to be power of every kind. And Christians will follow. They are already following the small, small prophets of the, of the devil. When that one comes... Jesus said it would be so bad. This is how he said it. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on earth? Would there be anyone that believes in Scripture, in the Word of God? How does faith come by hearing? Hearing by the Word of God. So when he says, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on earth? Think this way. Shall he find hearing by the Word of God? Because people will stop hearing by the Word of God. They will be hearing by signs and wonders. Just say, all of you, you want to experience the power? Power! All of you, your seats will float in the air. And you'll be screaming, yeah! And it's like, oh yeah, get ready. And you sing this way. Sing this way. Sing this way. <laughs> the Father is delighted to give you joy. Yay! Alright, God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Come back tomorrow. Bring your friends. Bring your relatives.
the Lord told me that amazing things are going to happen. When you come tomorrow, you do greater wonders. You fly like Peter Pan. Have it like that, like that, till someone is going to say um, something, scripture. You say, brother, brother, she'll fall. Huh? <laughs> she'll fall. <laughs> brother, it's okay. I am here with you now. I am here. I, for I am here. I've hidden myself among you. I was reading something by David Copperfield, that guy that is called an illusionist magician, maybe almost 10 years ago. I don't know how I found He's probably still there. I saw a video where he flew. He flew around. He flew like Superman. Zero tricks. He didn't levitate. He, he flew. He flew around the auditorium. A woman was... People were... This one was crying copious tears. If someone had said... If he had said... I am he, bow. They would have hit the ground all over that place and worshipped him. The amount of manifestation of power this guy was demonstrating. He flew the first and then he came down and picked up someone and flew. He didn't ascend. He flew. He flew like this. He flew with high in his hands. That's why he flew around the roof. Flew, flew, flew around and landed like Superman. I looked at this guy, I went like, mm -mm. guy, I searched for him online, I found a website where they put the name of different people and they put his name. And he said, the people, he, he, these are the little of his words, I remember. Summary is that the people of this world call these things we do illusions. And we, we call it that because they can't take it. They can't take what it is we are manifesting. They can't take it. But the day will come where we are going to reveal ourselves. That's why there are many. In Nigeria, there's a small boy I saw, Babs Kadin, some weeks ago, for turning water into wine. And then he says, who did this before? I hear he's a Muslim. Domino, dynamo. I keep saying domino. Someone told me the other day, he says, not domino, it's dynamo. So I'll now say dominating dynamo, dynamo, dynamic dominant. I don't care. There's D in his name and O. Dynamo walks on water. Dynamo goes in front of a statue of Jesus in Brazil and keeps his hand in the exact same form and ascends into the air. All of them are talking. They are telling you, Jesus, those were tricks. We can do it. All. None of these things are mistakes. None. That they are picking the exact things Jesus did. Doing the exact thing. You think he's error. No. He didn't walk on water and so he said no, it's tricks. It's not tricks. These are the ones I've seen. Walk on the river Thames. Walked on it. Walked. Now we know Christians have walked on water since after Jesus died. We know Christians have experienced all sorts of miraculous things. But it's always for a purpose. Those Indonesian Christians I spoke about some days ago, some weeks ago, that crossed, about 30 of them that crossed the river. Because God told them, go and preach in the next village. And they got there and there was a flood. The water was 30 feet deep. Anyone tried the current, very strong. You enter, you drown. And they stood there and one of them said, I think God wants us to cross. 
back forth and they decided, okay, I'm agree. And they crossed. 30 people walked around. One unbeliever that wasn't among tried to put his leg almost down. Everybody saw them cross. He said the water came to about their, their, their leg, shim. But they walked across. It wasn't the, the unbeliever thought maybe they sang. He couldn't understand what was happening. All the Christians, they would go to preach from one village to another in the rain. It would be raining torrentially, pass through a forest. They arrive and they will be dry. And the people say, ah, where are your umbrellas? They say, we didn't come umbrellas. Ah, <laughs> they will laugh. They will go outside, search everywhere for umbrellas. They will never find Because literally, a covering would be following them around. They will arrive without lights. There will be a light in front of them and behind them. A, a light just going. All sorts of amazing things. Climbing up a tree like a lizard. You know, holding up Spider-Man. A group of children, they went to school. They were mischievous. They sent them children in that village. They went to, if you read, like a mighty rushing wind. Like a rushing wind by Mel Tari. But, but, but that's not the one I, I read. A, the revival in Indonesia. In 2004, I read that. 2005 by Kurt Koch. Kurt Koch. I don't know if I found it. If I found it, someone remind me and get it. You can, you know. The water turned to wine. Everything happened. But it's not for sure. It's not demonstration. It's when the church, because they couldn't afford wine. They were poor. The thing they had that was closest to wine was palm wine in Indonesia. It's made of islands. You know. God let me. But the point is, they will fetch what I'm putting drums and keep by Sunday morning that they have a communion service. It will be wine. Red wine. It happened the German man that was there, he said he saw it six times. His eyes. If you know Germans, if you know anything about them, <laughs> they are factual. <laughs> but these young children stood on the road to play. And do all sorts of things. They, by the time they came to themselves, an angel had taken all their clothes and put on the top of a very high tree. It was an angel because they saw it later. And they said, We are sorry. They are, instead of going home, they're Christian children. They are giving their lives to Jesus. They disobeyed their parents. They said, We are sorry. And the angel said, It's okay. I think, I don't know if he pointed or said, You can climb the tree. And the guy put his hand on the tree and was climbing like a lizard. He wasn't holding it. He was just touching it and going up all the way to the top of the tree and through all of the clothes down. Every kind of sound, wonder. I know God can do that. But he always has a purpose. Always. But when these guys do it, it's to show, I have the power. Do you get it? It's always about saying, I have power. It, it has no purpose. God shows power to heal someone. To convince someone that he loves them. To tell someone that don't worry, things will get better. To resolve your issue. Satan's power doesn't do that. It's theatrics. I spoke about Simon the sorcerer. He astounds everyone. That's what Satan displays power to do. To astound. And then even when he says he's healing. How you know he's not him many times. He heals you and then you get worse than you were before he healed you. Okay? And those are some of the ways you know. Now, the Bible says every wicked deception will work because you refuse to have a love of the truth that would save you. This truth would have saved you from what? From Satan, from being deceived. But many will be deceived 
the scriptures say. Because they didn't love the truth. Not because they didn't hear some of the truth. They didn't love it. So I encourage you to encourage yourself and other people to love the truth. Don't just hear it. <clears throat> Are you hearing this? Do everything you can do to fall in love with truth. Ask questions. Inquire. Study deeper. Study the scriptures. Hang around people that love the truth. We get attracted to things that people are attracted to. You didn't grow up liking Arsenal because you were born with an Arsenal gene. There's nothing like a Manchester United home, uh, uh, genome. There's nothing like that. Or a Liverpool chromosome. You grow up liking it because of one reason. Someone you admire like liked it. Say, ah, this house now Liverpool. So we are the blues. That's depression. Yeah, they, they, we are sorry, they are the blues. You're, you're red. I don't know what they call it. Sorry. The one thing I don't know in this world is football. I know many other things, football. It rubs off. Hang around people that love God, that love the truth. You will start loving truth. Yes, that's all. Hang around people that hate the truth, that don't care what is true or not. Hang, whoever you hang around, you will become like over time. Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good manners. Don't deceive yourself. You will become like the people you hang out with. Stop telling stories about no. You know, no, no, you see, that my friend, I, I don't believe all those things he sees. So me, I'm a man of my own mind. You're a clown. That you're, that you lack enough knowledge to know that people rob off from people. That you cannot help it. How many of you, when you were younger, even as you're older, you're around someone that makes a funny sound, says, <laughs> oh, Kaikoi. <laughs> let, let, let's invent a new one. <laughs> Kaikoi. How many of you, after a while, you start saying Kaikoi? Usually after you left that place. Now go back to it. Loud laugh. <laughs> All the people saying Thor, 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 Thor. You think they are saying Thor because Thor is the God of Thunder or what? They are not saying Thor because the map of where you've been. He rubs off Thor, Thor. Thor. The more deep in the village you were, the more Thors that will come from. As you're talking Thor, Thor. It's a very nice sound. Oh, it sounds encouraging. As <laughs> friend in Abuja, she's talking talk. And some of you have never heard talk before. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Hang around it long enough. It's that saying talk. Look at me. I went to Sokoto. Don't tell her. I came by saying talk. Talk all the day. You Lagos get. You didn't hear her saying say, talk. When she came back from Sokoto, you said it. Talk. The talk just be pouring her mouth. Was it in her mouth before she left? There was no talk in her mouth. Do you understand these things we are saying? That you even think it, those are the things that let me know people that are not wise or intelligent. That you say things that no, nobody can influence me. The moment, every time I hear someone say that, I peg the person. I, I know, okay, wow. 
maybe I thought this might be unintended. Then you hear them say, anyone, anybody that knows anything in this world knows that you are the results, the product of multiple influences. Believing anything else, you're deceived. Completely and utterly deceived. Don't be deceived. First Corinthians 15. Evil company corrupts good morals. So, you want to love truth? Hang around people that love truth. Be around them constantly. Be around people that love God. You love God. Stay around people that are devilish. You will love the devil. Verse 11, finally. For this reason, God will send them a powerful delusion so that they believe the lie. Because they didn't have a love for the truth, God hands them, God, very fearful, God will send a powerful delusion. Someone looks at this and says, how? How can God send a powerful delusion? I am sorry. I don't want to read it now. I am sorry, sorry, sorry. I am not in the mood to do all your Bible study for you. Go and read the book of First Kings chapter 22. I am going to give you one verse. Read the whole chapter. So you see how it happened. First Kings chapter 22. But let me show you this. Verse 20. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? Listen, I'll say it again. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab to Ramoth Gilead to go and die there? Who said? Who will send him to die there? One suggested this and another suggested that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means? The Lord asked. I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all his prophets, he said. Everyone read with me. You will surely entice him and prevail, said the Lord. Go and do it. How do you read this? See, this is what God showed me in 1999. And my fear for God broke the roof, the ceiling, the roof members. It's still climbing. I saw it in Ezekiel 14. When the theory was put forward, where God said that if someone comes to him, with an idol in his heart. That he, the Lord, run read Ezekiel 14 from verse 1 to 8. That he, the Lord, would deceive. He will answer you according to the idol in your heart. Ahab had an idol in heart. What is that? To conquer Ramoth Gilead. And God was already looking for a way to punish him. Huh? God was already looking for a way to deal with him. Do you remember Ahab? Husband of Jay-Z. Jay-Z girl. Jay-Z. Now. <laughs> they have the husband of Jesse girl. You know. God had been looking for a way to punish this guy. Because this guy was stupid. He didn't believe anything when God said, Why do you listen to the voice of your wife? Adam, why? Oh yeah, all of them are going to suffer. He's like, that was Adam. When married a strange woman, came. Everything she said, he did. 
God said, no, I kill you. How do I kill him? I just read it to you. He said, God will hand them over to a strong delusion that they will believe a lie. God can help you believe a lie. God is very dangerous. God is very dangerous. No, God is loving and sweet. He is. People that are loving and sweet can be very dangerous when they vex. It goes like, all the love I've shown you, you did this. <laughs> oh, wow. Take, he won't carry his hand and hit you. You help you commit suicide. He carries himself and goes and dies. Was he warned even in the midst of that? Yes. One person out of 400 people said one thing. I've told us often that an anointing came on those prophets. Who can doubt it? Who can doubt? They were not lying. Didn't you hear this spirit say, I will go and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth? Then you want to believe everything that someone said. A prophet told me. A prophet told you what? Test all things. No. Test some things. First Thessalonians 5. Most things, right? Test the majority of things. That's maybe 99%. All. All means all means all. Wow. So test everything. And only hold fast to what is good. And here you are. You don't do testing. What you do is believing. You got around what believing. Nothing like this. Say something. Say anything. Just involve shaking and say, mm -hmm. I'm here bound to shake from your head to your toe. Shake it. Repart. Let your fingers shake too. And say, mm. I see. If you can close your, you can even dance while you're doing it. Say it. Do. Go around this type like a small bed, a chick. Open your mouth wide and believe all things. Don't test it. Go alone. Make sure you're alone. Don't have company. Don't, don't have family. Just be foolish like that. If you want to survive in this world, don't allow the Lord look at you long enough. And he says, I think this person is deception worthy. Do you know this person has chosen lies? All right. According to your desire, so shall it be. Psalm 18. God said you be to everyone as they are. To the pure, not be pure with you. Plain. As what you see is what you get. To the what? Psalm 18 verse 25. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. Fear God in this world. Fear God. Let God not do you a strong thing. Oh, you're cunning. Oh, wow. <laughs> Gabriel. She's cunning. All right, let's do cunning. See, my, my God can never 
these three passage, four passages I've mentioned so far, you can tear it out. Tear it out of your Bible. Get a marker. Scrub it out. I could mention more. I saw seven in 1999. I went like this, God. I stopped being a normal Christian. I think that's when I stopped being a normal Christian. That's when I departed from Christianity as it is known. Born again is the in my mind, I went like, no, 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 no. I was on my way to Calabar. I've told this story many times. On my way to Calabar in a bus for a program. Law student in, in University of Calabar. I saw Ezekiel 14. I almost fell out of the bus. I've ne- I'd never seen or heard anything like that. I was reading my Bible. And I saw God say, if you come to me with an idol, I, w- I, will, I will answer you according to the idol, then I'll kill you. And the prophet that gave you the prophecy. I had never heard that God can do such a thing. He went on, he showed me this Ahab story. He went on, he showed me the children of Israel in the wilderness. Give us meat! Give us meat! Abraham, uh, Moses said, these kind of people. God said, tell them they'll eat meat. He said, God, please, now, what kind of, how, which man, how will they eat meat in this wilderness? Even if they kill all their animals, it will not be enough. Ah, uh-uh. ah. And God said, am I a man? You stop that. Feel this face. Am I your meat? Come on, tell the people I'll give them meat tomorrow. They'll eat meat. He went and told them. He said, if you want meat. He said, tell them. They'll eat meat. He, Moses had maybe added or God to give him these details later. He said, the meat will come out of your nose. your ears. You eat meat. It's, it's not meat of one day. You eat meat till you, you become meat. The scriptures tell you as they were eating it, they were dropping. Chop and die. That's what God served them. Me, I think it was avian flu. God organized birds for these people. The thing dropped everywhere. Poison birds. Listen to what's interesting. You may think everybody ate it. No. Go and read the story. They did not all eat it. The Bible says as many as ate it. In, why didn't the others eat it? The Bible says the birds piled up. I think for about two cubits. That would be about three feet from the ground. They flew and came and fell. Piled up. These people didn't ask why are birds falling. The Lord has answered our prayer. I will give praises to Him. Madam, Madam, do that fire, do that fire. The scriptures say as they eating, and some people looked at him and said, "Did you notice how Moses was saying that thing?" If anybody in this house goes outside of this tent, we will manage manna. Let's eat what we are given. This is not a gift, a happy gift. It's not everything God gave. Say God gave. That's how people have lost their souls all over this world. Many Christians. This is how they lost their soul. They demanded something. That's when I learned that I don't demand all the Christianity of anything you want. Just ask God. In 1999, that's when I stopped. That's a long time ago. It's why all of you have suffered under my hand. If you're in this church. Okay, some years ago I thought you, so you can ask for random things. You can have fun. But you notice I don't ask for things. Everything I'm asking for is kingdom. God, move. Save people. Deliver people from blindness. God, bring them to Jesus. God, do. You don't hear me sharing out cars, houses, husbands and wives. You notice. That's why people come here. They see one, two, three. What can church do this? Let's go to a church where the pastor will be doling out quails. Birds, 400 prophets, what? Not here, not here. 
That's not how I got here. And I've seen God provide all my needs. All. I am comfortable. I lack nothing. Without asking. So I don't teach the people that I am responsible for to do this thing. How many of you believe God this year? After this year, it shall never be the same. Who said? There's nothing new under the sun. Next year will be like this year in some way or the other. Stop it. There's nothing I say I can't give you scripture for. You, give me your scripture. Give me your scripture for saying that is the smallest offering you ever give. Haven't you discovered it was a lie? Have you not discovered? After that, did the offering reduce? In fact, there was that time you didn't even have offering. I should join and be telling lies. He didn't hear what the Then we read together. Lord, in this life, save me from lies. May you not like lies. Because if you don't love the truth, the, walk, the wicked one is coming. For those who don't understand what I'm saying, before the Lord Jesus returns, a being is going to come and say he's Jesus. And the amount of power he will manifest all over the earth, they will follow him. You remember I told you. They will follow him. All those who joke with God, plus all those who are in wrong churches, you will follow. You have finished following self. You don't even know. It's because he has not showed. You will follow. You will bow down. You say he's Jesus. Wait. Except you learn to love the truth. I didn't say except you are born again. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says all that were born again. He said those who did not have a love for truth. You must love truth. You must. If everybody in this place, 400 prophets say one thing. You must be willing. When he came, Micaiah, the prophet, in 1st Kings 22, they told him, everybody's prophesying like this. So you're on, we know you're on. You're always different. You always like to stand different. You, 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 you always like Micaiah. Everybody said, go up, go up. God has given you. You have come. Micaiah said, like I say every time, I'll only say what God said I should say. But Micaiah being a correct gross like us, got to the king. He said, Micaiah, yes. And Micaiah said, go up. God has given you. To show you the power of deception that had gripped Ahab. Ahab said, how many times have I told you to only tell me the truth? Can you imagine that? That is when Micaiah told him that story. I saw the Lord sitting in council. And I saw spirits. And I saw God say, who will help me kill this Ahab? He's on consuming space. His sin has filled his cup. And a spirit came and said, it's Micaiah. That thing I read was Micaiah telling Ahab the story. Go and read the whole thing for yourself. He told him the story. When he finished, Ahab said, lock this man up and give him the water and bread of affliction until I come back. As they drag him off, he said, if you come back, God has not spoken through me. He did not come back. He did not come back. He did not come. That was the last day of Ahab, the king of Israel. He didn't come back. One man was right. 400 were wrong. May you never follow the majority. Oh, because most times they are wrong. It's really easy. Never follow a crowd to do evil, the scriptures say. But how, how? How can you alone now come and be right? Ask Micaiah. I don't know. I showed you people years ago, for those that were here, I showed how layers of truth can be. How a prophet can see something. 
Come, stand up, stand up. Face this way. Okay, this way. Face that way. No, no, like that. You see things in levels. Come, stand here. Human face. What do you see? Classic. Based on your knowledge and experience with God and your work with God. This, my colleague, is always causing problems for me in the office. I reject everything. Wicked woman. Slightly prophetic person, please. No, it's not the woman. There's something affecting her that pushes her. There's something that pushes her. I bind that spirit. I bind that spirit behind her that affects her. This is how far the average Christian ever goes. If they even seek spiritual help. Read Job chapter 1 and 2. Almighty God, the Lord of heaven and earth, sometimes is the one that I just showed it to you in the Bible. Or didn't I? Therefore, I teach everyone that cares to listen. In this life, may you know not people, no, no man after the May you not set your eyes on Satan, the author and the finisher of some people's faith. May you look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Because when he explains what is happening, everything else is clear. Thank you. When in this life, when things happen, you don't start looking for devils, demons. You look for God. Papa God, what's happening? says, oh, actually, Satan came and accused your family. So, um, that's why that man is causing trouble for you people. Ah, God, please, now I beg. Do something about it. Okay. Satan, stop, stop, stop now. Stop. Satan leaves the man. The man's eyes open. Oh, dear, what? Did, did I slap you? Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, I apologize. I'm sorry. You dealt with it from the source. As long as you don't learn to go to the ultimate source. Remember before I got here, I was talking about authority from the highest down. God. Then there's different authorities. Jeremiah 27, I said, the Lord said to Jeremiah, tell the kings of the earth that I have appointed Nebuchadnezzar king of everything, including animals I've given to him and all the kingdoms of the earth. I, God, Nami Duam, what did the people of Judah say? We are the people of God. He rejects no foreign authority. God said, stay in your land and be under authority that I have put in place. Babylon first, Greece, uh, Medo-Persia second, third, Greece, fourth, Rome. Then the kingdom of God will come, the Lord Jesus will manifest fully and be the next king of kings. They didn't agree. Just like Christians don't agree now. Can never allow a Muslim woman. Never. Never. Am I doing my face well? I can't see my face while I'm doing. But I feel it's, it's correct. I'm doing well. Can never. <laughs> God can never allow the son of the born woman to rule over the son of promise. Break it down. Stop. Break it down. Who is the son of promise? Sit down as we are about to talk. Sit down. Carry pen. Carry Bible. Let's discuss. 
they will never sit down and discuss. Let's look at the Bible. You, son of promise, sinner like you. Son of promise, you. God doesn't take your side because we are once a Jew. You haven't read Romans 11, right? He said he will cut you off. If he cut off the original branches, he will cut you off. He said you are a wild olive. Wild branch. They grafted you in. Your connection is thin. As disobedient as you are, you are lying, cheating, oppressing the people God has given you, then you have authority. Say, if I be a man of God, me, have you not noticed how many times you said there are nothing happened? You won't stop saying it. You keep saying, if I be a man of God. And all your members, nobody has said, sir, stop it, put down the hand. Put down the hand! Put down the hand! Put down the hand! You have been saying, if I be a man of God. <laughs> Two stories. Law school stories. You hear people come out. I was in law school. 2003. Someone stood. Say, if I be a man of God, I stake it on my call that this girl who is struggling with her academics will pass. The girl fell. I am sure that man, maybe he's a bishop now. Leave it. Just take everything on our course. Someone else was talking about how a, 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 a brother in law school recently said that God said, 100 people will have first class. Nobody, as far as they found out so far, from that particular campus, none. All over the nation, 20 had first class. None in that school. But he's a pastor of a thriving church. Our people have been in different law schools. By the way, all our people passed. All. Result came out. All. Including the ones that, wow! A few weeks still. One or two weeks to exams. We're having retreat. They will carry. Everybody is reading like die. These people will carry their Bible and things and go and stay in an empty class and be in retreat, tuning from morning till night. All came out with two twos. Now you heard. I don't know. They will give the testimony properly. You think two two is this? You need your two two. You don't know anything. You have not gone to law school. Ask people that have gone to law school. Have they ever packed ambulance outside your exam hall? They pack ambulance as I am. They don't pack it. In one of the schools, a woman put to bed the day before exams. You know, I think what they should do for people that want to put to bed, instead of using chemical inducement, just go to law school. And the time you want to write, then they say write exams. You just, there will be a natural. <laughs> people go mad from ancient times it was so in, in my time I think nothing happened we, we prayed a little bit yeah, nothing not not like I, I heard there are people that pray every day for I don't know how many for months endlessly endlessly it's not the first time our people have been in those situations you heard our sister I don't know Amak, I think she said it openly how before her exam throughout the week she was praying reading Christian books and undergoing personal deliverance under the hand of God himself in her room. She passed. People believed for the greatest miracles in this world. People fell. They couldn't believe it. Did I not tell you? It'd be like believe. Did I tell you that when God wants you to pass an exam, you pass it? And when God may not want you to pass an exam, you will not pass it. Because sometimes God says, mm -mm. you move heaven, you move it, earth. everything you do is correct. And God said, 
my love, my plan, my destiny, all together involves you being here, not moving. And you're like, God, don't worry. If I just pass, I will not leave. And God is like, it's a lie. It is a lie. You're like, stay here. We have work to do together. I've always told you, in the end, you will be glad. I have told you. I, I, I've told you guys, all the unbelievers around me. So, some of our people, they read that. Some of our people, they did how we did. All had the same result. All. Every single one. So, you know that there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. The 1,000 and whatever number that failed. I can assure you. I told him, is this not me here? What am I doing? Practicing law? I'm preaching Bible. I'm teaching Bible. I'm teaching the law of God. Yeah. You know, before you guys came there, have I told you before? I had a dream. When I walked away from my other job, God showed me gathering the law students, men, and I was teaching them. And I used to wonder, what does that mean? I can't be a lecturer. I don't have a master's. I started a program like that. I didn't complete. Then later, someone had a vision. Law 1, Law 2. This is the law of God. This one will last until heaven and earth passes away. You see that one? If you go. Okay, let's. Yeah, there are lawyers around here. <coughs> it's well, it's well. Some of you, before I finish youth service, they change the law. My own, they don't change anything. It's settled in heaven. So uh, let's enjoy being your sphere. I'm in my sphere. Everybody, sorry, but it's well. I like mom. I like mom. What am I doing with it? I went to the library once. I tried to go. My plan was to go every day. Yes, I'm sorry, I realized there's only once I went to the library. There was the guys, many of them, they went to the library every day. We had the same result. Same result. So, what should we do? We, I'll come and be, now be killing myself. I didn't say well. I'll come and now go and come and be killing myself. Why? Why, why should I, why should I do that? May you know God's will earlier. I'm not saying do your best in everything God commits your hand. Do your utmost best. But when the hand of God is on top of your head like this, you try to turn left, he turns you right. You turn left, you turn right. You turn left. You turn. How many of you have as things like this happened before? If you know you're doing this, but you seem to you don't even know some of you because you're dense. Hey, hey, hey. When I abuse you, it's to save your life. If you like the laughing and miss the lesson. May you not be dense. Do you know how many people that you look at and say, Hey, yeah, do you hear what happened? Do you know how many times they come, 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 come? You are going, you're trying to go left, but I'm turning you right. Do you know how often, do you know how often this happens? Do you know how often this happens? Are you there? Then you, when you have, you say, God, why? And an angel goes, 
Lord, may I slap, to slap or not to slap? To slap, Lord, may I slap it? Do you know how many times? Do you know how many times? God, you pick your phone to call someone. You are distracted. You pick the phone again to call. You are distracted. You pick the phone to call. Three, four, five, seven, eight, ten times. You still call. You still, you still. You don't understand anything. God Almighty himself is stopping you. That business. Okay, eh, I'm interested. Eh, since you're not interested, you finish saying you agree. I'm interested. Do you know every time I take my phone to do the transfer? Network doesn't work. I don't know what's wrong with this network. Don't worry. I, I'll try. I'll keep trying. You tried all night. You tried the next day. You tried the third day. The fourth day you carried your body to the bank. You withdrew the money. You put everybody in front of you. Withdrew one, two, three, four. It worked. When you got there, they say money finished. You went to the next ATM. You you brought out 50,000 of money you barely have and handed over. That's the last time you saw the person. If you, if, if I was, if I was God and you say, mm, 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 uh, no, you even pronounce law, law and go and reach R, I would knock you. He would too. Wooden head, that's what that means. How dare you point your mouth upward? Point it down. Slap yourself. Stubborn person. God has blocked, blocked the bank. Blocked. You even when you realize it's a public holiday, you still find a way. What do you want? Say, no, God doesn't speak to me. God is that I speak the economy. How do you speak more than this? How does God speak? How does God speak? You want an angel with wisdom? Boom! For I say, thou shalt not withdraw. For this business shall fail thee. Depart on thy way home. Invest no more. Oh, okay, then you come to church. Brethren, I want to thank God. God spoke to me. You know, there's this thing I tried to do. God blocked me many times. I didn't get it. Now sent an angel. Now, I, I really want to thank God. All of you, may God speak to you through angels, seraphim. It will not happen. You cannot be sending major beings around like that. For what? To stop you from throwing away money. Throw it away. That's how God does. Throw it away. Maybe next time you pay attention. I've seen people sometimes. They don't pay attention. People have talked to me and I'm like, so what do you think God is saying? They said, nothing. People have told me things and I, I say, I, I'm like, uh -huh, so what do you see? And I realize they cannot see. That's why everybody that enters this room, how many of you know what I pray for every first timer? Give them eyes to see, ears to hear. You think I can't pray other things? You think I can't pray other things? You think I don't get other things as I'm standing there? Sometimes you see me do extra. The number one thing I do for everybody I know in, in meeting this world is the greatest blessing I can give a human being. I say, God, open their Even if they will never come here again, as they are going, may their eyes be open. May they understand things. Because the Bible says that the God of this world has blinded eyes. It's a demonic shroud 
Isaiah 25, which is thrown over all the inhabitants of this world. It blinds them. They cannot see. This guy is trying to kill me. They, they fall in love. This is the person that will destroy your destiny. You, you, you marry him. This is the one that is going to bless you and bring you into great hope and everything good. You attack him. See that girl? Evil. That's an evil person. No, I don't always like that girl. The, oh, everything is opposite. Everything is opposite. Opposite. Open. It's blindness. It's blindness that makes you feel ah! And hit the person that is the greatest blessing and embrace an enemy. Blindness. Why do you think Jesus came as the light of the world? Why do you think light is such a big deal in scripture? Because when there's light, you see. Why do you think he said, don't mind them. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both of them fall into a ditch. The average person is born blind. Spiritually, we are blind. How God blesses you is that he sends someone that can see. Who leads you. Careful. Careful there. Uh, stretch out your leg. Very wide. Yes, good. We are over that. And in the process, it teaches you to see. It teaches you to see. And you learn to see yourself. Then you can lead others. This is God's process for helping mankind. When you receive Jesus into your heart, this is why Jesus came. John 1, that he might light everyone that comes into this world. Paul, formerly known as Saul, fell from the horse when he saw He said he saw a light brighter than the sun. It blinded him, showed him his true condition. Paul, you are blind. You think you see. All these Christians, you think they are blasphemers. You are the one that is blind. When Jesus comes, he reveals your true condition. This is why people don't like truth. Because when the truth comes, who is Jesus? He shows you your true state. And people don't like to be exposed. John 3 says, They love darkness because their deeds were evil. So they go to where it's dark. They avoid the light people. There are levels of light and darkness. Many Christians are in darkness. I said Christians, just like the Pharisees that were the most serious religious people of their time. Serious like what you call Christians. The Pharisees were the most serious. But Jesus said they were blind. Today, many Christians cannot endure light. Very many Christians. So they walk into a church meeting and they go like, I won't come here again. You know, I'm not just talking about general preaching. I've preached I don't know how many sermons may I have preached. 2,000. More. I've preached a lot of sermons in the last five years alone. I'm not counting all the ones I preached between 2010 and 2013. <clears throat> when I was preaching at least once, uh, thrice or so, or more, every Sunday. I'm not counting the Bible studies where every, I welcome everyone to discuss. But from 2000 and end of 2016, Till now, sometimes five days a week, six, I'm preaching. I'm teaching in some form. So I know I must have preached. If someone will ever do the math for me, at least nearly 2,000 
messages, short, long, whatever. I've preached it. And I have seen God do it so many times I can't count. It's why I yield. My messages don't seem as coordinated. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is saying, talk this one now. Because there's somebody. Now, talk this one. There's someone that doesn't understand governmental authority and spiritual authority. Say this one. There's someone right now that is misfiring in going after principality. Say this one. I don't know the people. I 99.9%, I never know who I'm talking to. Sometimes they are not here. They are online. They are tuning in. I just know that every single time. It's not general preaching. It's specific. And there are people as they hear. It was specific upon that. They will move away. They'll go like, I'll never listen to that person. I'll never go to that person. You see their problem? They don't have a love for truth. And that's how I know they will be deceived. Because if God didn't just give you general Bible, he got specific on the level of a word of knowledge, speaking about you, your own life. Some of them I preach after the meeting, they tell me, I preach, I walk up while I'm talking, I go and tap their shoulder. I do like this. Specific. When they tell me every time I'm embarrassed, that's why I try not to go near people. I'm so embarrassed because they say, Sir, do you know that person I brought? Everything you said. In fact, that's what we were talking about till we got to the door. You now went and you kept. I know that. I've seen it. Now, those are the ones I get to hear. Which is a tiny fraction. I know God loves people. I know God speaks to people. And I know human beings are stubborn beyond comprehension. That is that one I'm sure. I wasn't sure years ago. Many years ago I used to say, God, why please now? Why? Is that God told me one day, he said, do you know what I do at midnight? Do you know the people I go to on their beds? Do you know the people, what I tell people as they are lying down to sleep? Ita, keep quiet. This God matter, I'm the one that does it. I'm the God. I, I know what is God that knows. And they come out and act like, and you say, I'd like to talk to you about this. Sorry, please keep your religiosity to myself. I'm an atheist. Atheist that God visits. Stop on beings. And God is like, well, I'll try and try and try and try as long as I can. But when the day of judgment comes, I will judge you and I'll be justified. Oh, I will be justified when I judge. Romans 3. That he may be justified when he judges. Because he has told you. Why then do you have in your heart? Is it that human being in your class, in your office, that followed you to your dream? It is the God, it's our Lord that is talking to you. You're still resisting. He's speaking. If unbelieving, no, not unbelieving. If non-Jewish kings used to acknowledge, if Abimelech will wake up from a dream and say, Ah, God, I didn't know now. He can even ask him. He told me she's his sister. And God said, Yes, that's why I kept you from touching her. What happened that he couldn't? He took someone, gave the brother money, or the husband, non easy, <laughs> and couldn't touch her. For how long? Months. How do we know? Because no woman got pregnant in the house. So at least... Maybe nine months had passed. He couldn't touch her. How? Business, busyness, sickness, weakness, 
every you forget then you remember then back and forth and up and down that was god if that guy could be led by god some of you overcome me i overcome this thing that is stopping me you 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 relieve yourself you remove god's hands you remove god's hands you have the mind to remove god's hand have the mind to remove god's hand from your head sometimes after i remove it puts again i i know i've seen god do this with people over and over again and then later they come and say they talk long talk don't talk plenty there's a god in heaven that knows the kindness and grace he has given to everyone may we never waste it oh may you not despise the kindness of god romans chapter 2 you need to read it romans chapter 2 tells you don't you know that the kindness of god is pulling you to repentance all that help intervention you cross the road. You don't even know how you cross. You saw that guy hit you. You don't know how you're standing on the other side. You don't know how this is. You don't know. No. It is the almighty God whose kindness and supernatural power is doing amazing things for you. So he can show you mercy. What about the other people that they enjoyed? We don't know their own story too. I know yours. May you not despise his kindness. Why? Because the heavens rule. He's not asking you if you would like him to rule. He rules. He's God. When you submit to the rule of God, oh, Jesus helped the Christian. There are people that some of the things I was saying, like when I talked about some born woman, as I just said, I said, of that thing, don't listen to that man. Why don't you focus on reading the scriptures I said? Can God put his people under the rule of hidden kings? Read your Bible, I beg you. No, that was before. Jesus, the Son of God, was born under Roman rule. The fourth in the line of kingdoms that God had given dominion. Have you seen Christians say the dominion mandate? The dominion mandate in the Bible was given to four hidden nations. The fifth was the Son of God. Too. And that fourth one is still in power. And it's comprised of them all. Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Four of them at once. In the book of Revelation, that beast had was a combination of the four. Leopard, bear, lion. All of them came together. And it couldn't be described. They came together in one. And the Son of God is going to show up and take care of that. The problem is if you are swallowed up into that kingdom, there's no need. No one can save you. To whom you yield yourself servants to obey, servants you are. May you completely destroy everything that God said you should destroy. The book of Judges, I said, we saw it. We didn't go deep in as I like to. But God said that all of them that did not destroy the enemies around them were overcome by that enemy. I'll take a few questions and then we'll pray. If there's any Psalm 47, everything I said, just in case you don't know, it was here. Go back and read Psalm 47. But it says, He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. He says, God, verse 8, God reigns over the nations. 
God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth or shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. They belong to God. Note it. The kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth, they belong to God. When you read it and you don't understand, say, I don't understand. Stop there. That's how God taught me things. He taught me when you see something you don't understand, I agree you don't. Then ask me. Sometimes he answered in minutes. Sometimes he answered in years. But when you insist on acting like you know all or you should know all, now you can ask. The Holy Spirit is to teach us all things. But if you act like right now, I know all right now, then you twist scripture. Like Second Peter 3 warns you not to. This is not the day or the time to be tardy in knowledge and truth. Why? The deceiver is coming. When he comes, the signs and wonders that will accompany him. If you are not planted in these words of God, he will carry you away. Faith is in the words of God, not in signs and wonders. In the words of God. The words of God provide for signs and wonders. So we will see it. We will see more and more. We will see it in the, its hugest form. More than any generation has ever seen. At the same time, it will not be because we are running after signs and wonders. It will be because we were planted firmly in the truth. So I do not go drinking and eating from the table of demons while I'm eating at the table of God also. Amen. Any questions? Let me see your hands quickly. I'll take one, two. If there's none, I'm very happy to end the meeting, okay? If there's no question from anything I said. You didn't have a question arise in your mind. If it's due to being cowardly, God will forgive you. You can raise your hand now. Online, did anyone ask? Nobody is asked a question online. I'll be glad. It means I did an excellent work of explaining everything I said. I really hope. You know, my heart burns very deeply for the thing about the things I see. My heart burns strongly for the things I see in the earth. My heart is concerned deeply in the church. I grieve more for the church than anything else. You know, there are a few things that's terrible. I don't know if that video was shared online. Tsunami, tsunami. You saw it. There are a few things that's terrible as seeing something coming and the people is about to happen to have no idea. And that man is standing on that bridge in Indonesia and crying and shouting because he's seen the tsunami from the bridge. He's high up. It's a like a pedestrian bridge, something like that. He's high. And he's shouting to the people down there, passing in the cars, moving around their normal business. Then all the other ones in the buildings there. And they are not seen. And he's shouting. Tsunami. Till he broke down at the end. Tsunami. And a few people that saw and heard him came up. And the other one that is speeding past in his or her car. Boom. Maybe going like, hmm, is that madman shouting? Within seconds, water flinging those houses were swept away like like they made of paper and only the people that responded to that man's call and climbed up they saved 
the rest. They say in that incident, 800 people died. The power of obedience can never. I'll tell you one more story. I've told you before, then I'll take a question. A group of Christians in Indonesia too, before the tsunami event in 2-5, sought permission to use a hall for a Christmas service. And the government, the civil government, refused, of their locality, refused to give them a hall to use. They went up a hill, mountainous place, and went and held the meeting there. Are you listening? The person that led the meeting was led like me and stayed too long. The meeting ended and they couldn't go down because it was too late. They slept out in the open. How many of you know that some people were likely grumbling about the pastor? They got up in the morning and there was no city. A tsunami had washed it away. And the only people that more or less officially survived were the 400 Christians that had gone up the hill. Praise God. I don't want to imagine the one that said, please, I cannot come up there. If they have not given us, let's go home. Neither do I want to imagine the one that said, I beg, I can't stay overnight here. Who went down? Those Christians were saved. And we can be sure all of them were Christians. The other ones, they died. I said one story, but I want to tell you a second one. For those who were not here in 2018, when another tsunami occurred in the same Indonesia. How many of you remember where the runway, the plane runway did like this? We saw the videos. A Christian pilot. He's a pilot. He flies planes. His friend is a Muslim. A fellow pilot or so. And they were on their way to their workplace. These are real stories. You can go and check online. you find them. The guy enters the car. Normally, he doesn't, because the guy is a Muslim, I respect his wishes. I think that day, if I remember the story rightly, he played his Christian music loudly and was singing loudly, something he does not do. And he yielded. For all of you that want to be led by the Spirit, may you know, I hope you've done our class on hearing God. If you're new, there must be recordings. Listen to the teachings on hearing God and he yielded this time and he was singing his Christian songs out aloud for the first time if I remember it and he got to the office and everyone was present they boarded the plane and he radioed the up the watchtower can I take off five minutes before time are you listening who does that if you've used a plane you don't take off before time for what we understand you taking off after time. This guy took off before time. It takes about 30 plus seconds for that plane to go at the speed it normally does. 
down the runway and take off. This plane took and as it was lifting, in fact, just as it lifted, the runway did like a piece of cloth. An earthquake occurred of that watchtower disappeared. The whole place disappeared. Because a Christian obeyed God and took a oh, nobody does that. You don't take how how come everybody was around? How come everyone boarded the plane on time? And it took off. So the plane is to take off 7:30, it took off 7:25 before time. If he had been, it is said, about one second late, one, two seconds late. The plane wouldn't take off because there was no ground. There will be no ground for it to, to for it to be on. There's a speed you must hit before it can lift. This was seen by all the people there. They realized it. What tower? What if I remember rightly? It was gone. An earthquake swept the whole. It became rubble. This one just happened to it. The same in the nation. And if you ever wonder, what is it in the nature? Oh, it's on a fourth line. Let me give you the gist behind 2004. God told me. I didn't know where Indonesia was. I didn't know anything. I was a copper. Holidays, Christmas, New Year. I didn't travel. I waited on the Lord like I used to do for many years. For what? Nothing. Husband, wife, job? No. I just used to spend, when everybody's gone, I think it's a good time to spend time with God. That's what I've done from the 90s. So I stayed behind in the copper's lodge and spent time with God. And as I was there, God pointed out to me, one, the book from the pastor of the church I was attending. I saw a book, said, oh, Revival Indonesia, can I read it? One, two, I'm sitting in my room. And I hear, no, I see one psalm. I don't even know which psalm it is. The nations roar, the earthquake, something, something, something. And then my diary falls open at a page that has the map of Indonesia. And I wonder what's happening with Indonesia. This is this scripture and this is I had no idea. Take note, I was alone in a lodge, a copper's lodge in a strange land. I traveled the next month in January and as I was entering my father's house about to step into through the back door, I heard a radio playing and he said the tsunami in Indonesia of 25th or 26th December. That's the first time I knew of anything happening. I had been secluded. And so at the time I was reading my Bible in my room when God was showing me Indonesia and showing me an earthquake and about an earthquake tsunami from the Bible. It was happening for real. But at the same time, he led me, I think maybe thereafter, to find that book on the Revival in Indonesia. Indonesia is the most Islamized country in the world. It has the largest population of Muslims compared to its population. And in the 40s, 50s, Indonesia had a revival where, as I told you, people walked on water, walked under the rain, dry. Every kind of miracle happened in Indonesia. And they turned their back on God. A mighty rushing wind. Look for the soft copy, Meltari, or a hard copy. Read it. These stories are fantastic. It happened in the same Indonesia. 
So how can it be the most Islamic, Islamized country in the world? Because when a person hardens his heart, when a people harden their heart to the Almighty God, they can become the worst version of the thing they once walked away from. Take nothing for granted. And therefore, why do they have all these problems? Judgment. Judgment. They are not the only country in the world. But things happen. The last time it happened, 218, we were in a meeting now. And we began to, prophecies came, prophetic words came. And it says, ah, earthquakes, earthquakes. That day, we were prophesying. The next day, we heard there had been an earthquake may have happened at the same time I was being prophesied. It was a meeting like this. It was an evening meeting. I remember. It said, earthquake. Oh, the earth, the earth. I'm sure that prophecy is somewhere. Fine. It's called judgment. And it happens to people that harden their hearts. May we not harden our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, my question is from the Second Thessalonians chapter two. I wanted to ask if there is a difference between the lawless one and Satan himself, or that the same. Well, I think the difference doesn't matter. The lawless one can be Satan. We already know Satan. I mean, I don't think it's Satan. It can't be Satan. Why? Because even Satan is subject to the laws of God. As I've preached this night. Certain demons don't do anything they like. They can't. Book of Job. The lawless one is a person. The lawless one cannot be a spirit. The lawless one must be a person. Now a demon may be pushing him. But he's a person. And coming with signs and wonders. A demon, a spirit being is not going to come with signs and wonders and miracles. It's going to be a person. Where every time the Bible talks about signs, wonders, and miracles, human beings are involved. Okay? You won't be impressed when a spirit does something. You're impressed when a person does something. So we believe there's going to be a manifestation of a person who has come in times past in some way. The book of Daniel speaks about Antiochus Epiphanes. He said it before it happened that there would be someone who did many things, broke, changed laws. But in the future... Some people don't believe it. Some of us do. That in the future, there's going to be another manifestation of one who does not believe they should abide by the law. It's why I get worked up whenever I come across preachers that teach people to despise scripture. They are the worst. They are the worst and God will silence them. They, they are more dangerous than almost Satan because anyone that teaches you to be lawless, in case you don't know what the law, the word lawless is the Greek word anomia, which King James refers to as iniquity. It is the opposite of being lawful. It's the opposite of being lawful. So when you see, you need to get next, uh, you need to get last. What, when did I talk about this lawless one? Was it Friday? Okay. When I was, but I don't think it was Friday, I was. Breaking down how the law is meant to. It's last Wednesday. Get last Wednesday's message and listen to it if you weren't here. I talked about lawlessness. Then I have many sermons where I've spoken about lawlessness. Because lawlessness is a thing that teaches you 
please read Matthew 5. Write it down. Go and read Matthew 5 from verse 17, 18, 19, 20. You know, Matthew 5 tells you that Jesus said, in, in that meeting I'm looking for, I spoke about how the law is not passed because it can't be passed. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle of the law. So you need heaven and earth to pass away. And I pointed out how heaven and earth will pass away. Scripturally, heaven and earth will pass away. The scriptures say so. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. But the law is in force until heaven and earth pass away. Until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle of the law will pass away. Jesus said this. And he clearly said, <coughs> do you think I came to abolish the law? I did not come to abolish the law. In spite of how clear his language is, people insist that the law has been abolished. And I explained why they make that mistake. I gave multiple scriptures from Romans, from Paul, the apostle of grace. I showed in many ways. I've preached it in the past, but just less than a week ago or not up to two weeks, I re-preached it. Okay? Get the audio, please. Ask the audio people if they've edited it. I think there's a form that it may be unedited. I don't know. I told them to try and edit everything at once. Remove the gaps and all that and put it out immediately. Listen to it. It should give you at least a rudimentary understanding of an area that confuses so many sincere preachers. So many. They think they, they can't see the law and grace. I showed you how it is the law, grace, truth. I, I showed it. It's a three-step thing. It's a God thing. How Having grace and truth does not throw away the law, which is what many Christians think happened. The law came through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus, so you throw away the law. No. Or everybody from Jesus to Paul would not be telling you that you shouldn't touch the law, that you do not, that they are upholding the law. Romans 7 said the law is good. The law is spiritual. The law is holy. Paul said that in the book of Romans that is often used to teach grace. Grace is not contradictory to law. In fact, the law is a manifestation of grace. But grace comes when Jesus, the spirit of truth, takes what was set in the shadow called law and breaks it down. That is truth. Grace and truth comes from the law. You extract it like breaking a coconut and bring out the grace and truth that is in it. The law is like the hard external wrapping. The inner flesh and the liquid is grace and truth. They are not disparate. They are in agreement. One covers the other. I said a little, it was a not a long meeting, two, maybe one hour plus or two hours, you know, message. I couldn't have said as much, but you need to go back to some of my messages from 2.18, 2.19. And in the future, sometimes hopefully by God's grace, we can have conferences, three days, seven days, where all we do is teach about the law and grace. And, you know, those were rushed meetings because the error has taken hundreds of years to develop. Terrible error. But God is good and he's giving understanding. Humble yourself. God will give you understanding. God taught me when you don't know something, say you don't know. I'll end with this as you stand to your feet. Have three drawers in your life. Listen before you stand. Three drawers. This is for every person that hasn't heard before. Have three drawers, like a shelf drawers in your life the first one when you hear something preached that you already know and you're sure you've confirmed it with scripture that's the right drawer put it there this is what god taught me years ago has helped me tremendously 
next level when you hear something that is wrong and someone says it is wrong or someone is saying it is right but you're absolutely sure it's wrong put it in the second one that's the wrong drawer many people have just these two right and wrong that's pride because that means you know everything you know all that is right and you know all that is wrong humility insists that you have a third drawer that is a question mark where you put the things you do not know you are not sure of you put it there allow it to be there until you're sure of whether it is wrong or right then you move it to the right place but you must have a question mark drawer a place in your heart where you say okay i've not heard it like this before i may not agree now but who knows let me give it time and study so study pray ask questions seek more if you seek you will find if you search with all of your heart not just if you you know you don't ask to find you ask to be given but you must seek to find when you seek you will find search with all your heart that's what i did god told me search for things i've asked god questions he answered it 14 years later some people ask and forget it they look for the easiest answer they just look, uh, what, what does my favorite pastor say about it i believe it and god goes you're not a seeker so you're not a finder but if you're patient through faith and patience you obtain the promises one day you'll find the truth and it will make you free how will you know it's truth it will make you free that's how you know you found truth it frees you is a freedom in an area of your life that will happen always brings freedom if you find yourself bound by things you're listening to a lie beyond that bondage and a yoke you're listening to a lie if you hear the truth it will free you i'd like us to stand to our feet and pray for two minutes and run along first of all three prayer points majorly first prayer point father i thank you for understanding and revelation and discernment i thank you lord for answering questions not just mine but the questions of others pray father i thank you i thank you i thank you father i'm grateful for light and truth i appreciate your goodness i give you praise i honor you i bless your name i appreciate you father i bless you blessed be your name be thou enthroned on high be thou enthroned on high be thou enthroned on high thank you 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 amen 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 second prayer point may god place a love for the truth in your heart pray father god may i love truth may i eschew lies i want the truth that makes free help me appreciate truth 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 i need truth lord i don't want anything i don't want cheap substitutes i want what is true i want what is consistent i do not want to be handed over to a deceiving spirit i don't want to be handed over to a strong delusion i do not want to be handed over because i treat the truth lightly i want the truth that will keep me free i do not want to subject myself to bondage willingly oh god i want to be free heavenly father lord deliver us from lies ask god to deliver you from lies from the company of liars ask god that you will have nothing to do with falsehood false doctrines false teachings things that are not right things that are not true 
things that will lead to perdition. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. If any brother commits a sin unto death, do not pray for such. Scripture says so. Lord, deliver me from sin. Deliver me from the things that bring me into bondage. Deliver me from lies. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, and while we are praying this, I'll ask that the first timers, please, you should just step up the edge of just pray with you briefly. I want us to pray and ask God. I don't know about you, but can you ask God to lead you in this life? And give you that that his hand should be stronger than your own. If you drag, that he should just he should just exert more force like a parent. Now don't pray it if you don't mean it. But if you mean it, I always tell people when your head is working well, pray this prayers and keep in case the time comes where you're drunk spiritually where your head is not working well, then God will remember that you said, God, anything it takes, if my neck is at turning this way, maybe God will show you mercy in the day you're stubborn and he will compel you in the right direction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the prayer you're praying. If you wish to, don't pray. No compulsoriness in this kind of prayer. If you're saying, like I've said to God in the past, God, whatever it takes to keep me on the right path, do it. Your hand is stronger than mine. There's no way I'm stronger than you. If I'm ever stupid enough to be dragging with you, just push me in the right direction make that prayer to god make it willingly okay pray 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 first time as please come father god we ask for grace for grace for grace and mercy for grace lord god to do the needful grace to do the needful grace to do the needful in the name of jesus thank you lord Father, we bless your name. Father, we give you praise. Father, we magnify you. Father, we look to you. We look to you and we are saved. Thank you. Can you lift your hands everywhere? Father, we appeal to you. The kingdoms of this world belong to you. Let your will be done in the nations of the earth. Again, we ask, let your will be done in the nations of the earth. Let all acknowledge your rule, O oh God. Help us stay within our spheres of authority. Deliver us from folly, the folly of crossing the boundaries you have appointed for every nation. You said you appointed boundaries for every race, every nation. You appointed boundaries. Keep us from crossing these boundaries. Thank you. Do more than we ask or imagine. I ask for grace and favor. Every offering we receive on behalf of the kingdom, let it be used for the purpose of extending the glory of your name. In the name of Jesus, I ask that your grace and mercy will go with your children. And you will reveal the ones you've been speaking to in dreams. Help them receive the interpretations. And I ask, O oh God, Father, for the stubborn, show yet some more mercy. The goodness and mercy be the portion of our lives today. Thank you. All right. God bless you and good night. We pray God gives you understanding according to his word. May the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine on you and give you peace now and forevermore. For more information, visit our website at God's-Lighthouse.com dots or